welcome to episode 58 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who are the passengers with me tonight? Uh, Monsieur Stefan JD. Uh, American Stuart Hughes. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to do an accent. Uh, this is Emmett Malcolm. <laughs> well, welcome. Oh, I could have done Russian, damn it. <laughs> How do you sound if you sound Russian? I'm curious. I want to hear you sound Russian. Well, it depends. What do you want me to say? Yeah, Gavrutruskium. Okay, that's what I get for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. Comrade Stuart, you, it's minor, my name is kind of hard to say in Russian. So I guess Comrade Stuart Hughes. <laughs> I had to think about it. <laughs> the thing is what I make people do in this podcast. Don't All me. letters in Russian have one sound, and they don't, that that's how they sound. So, like, we have A, which has, like, <laughs> A, A, E, like... In Russian, A is ah, and that's it. It can only ever be ah. It will only ever be ah. But whenever they ah, they just go A. Yeah, A. <laughs> A, welcome to Moscow. Yeah. A. <laughs> they all sound like, yeah, like, like 1980s Brooklynites. A. That's what I get for asking. It's going down to St. <laughs> Petersburg. Yeah. So one thing I want to say real quick is last week, forgot to introduce what game we were going to be playing on this week's episode because I... Just completely forgot. Hey, I've been working too much. <laughs> so, so Stu, why don't you introduce what game you picked out for us to talk to us to talk about this week? Sure, I picked kind of a different game for you us sure to did. do. A different. very different game. Yep, a game that's more important, I think, historically than uh, anything else. We are doing the the rotoscope point and click adventure game, The Last Express, which came out in 1997. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think it would be good if we just define what rotoscope game means. I mean, people yes. don't know. Yeah, people might not know. I think the. I don't know. What's the I most played... famous example of rotoscoping? Probably a scanner darkly. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like here, pick from this pile of obscure things people never heard of. Ah, I picked that one. Yeah. Hey, a scanner That's, darkly uh, is a great. Never heard of it. Four time have some rotoscoping effect on it. I think it did. And also, everyone should watch *The Scanner Darkly* because it's Keanu Reeves and Woody Harrelson and Robert Downey Jr. before fucking like Iron Man came out, and it's fucking great. And also, Winona Ryder. <laughs> um, but rotoscoping, for those who don't know, is it's essentially animation, which is like animation that's traced over live action or images, and it's used to create like a very realistic movement in animation. Mm-hmm. Originally, animators projected photograph live action movie images onto a glass panel and traced over the image. Yes. Yeah. Which, fun fact, uh, they, when they <laughs> used to do that, people said, hey, that's cheating. And so it kind of had a bad reputation. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this game also was made pub, was designed by Jordan Mechner, which some people might know as the guy who did Prince of Persia, the original Prince of Persia yes, games. Which was also rotoscoped. Mm-hmm. Did he also but... do the Sands of Time ones? No. No, he did okay. the, the very good, so he didn't do the good ones. I mean, I would, <laughs> I would argue the '89 Prince of Persia is a good game. <clears throat> Not my thing. But it, this was also so developed by Smoking Car Productions. Whoever yes. they are, they don't even have a wiki. I can't even click because on their name. Go to the wiki page. They <laughs> no longer exist. This game, if you haven't heard of it, it's because shit went down when this game came out. Basically, they as as they designed this game, the company was like in talks with several other like several publishers and they were kind of fighting and then the company was kind of struggling the company who was like working the company that eventually was produced uh publishing the game was broderbund broderbund <laughs> yes. i don't actually know how to say that as yeah, this it's like game, some sort of german word 
Yeah. As this game came out, like right before this game came out, Broderbund's entire marketing staff quit. So this game got like no marketing. Yeah, no, that'd be a problem. And then Broderbund uh, went under and was bought out. And essentially the company that bought them was like, ah, we don't care about like this game that you were working on beforehand. And so before this game, essentially when this game came out within a year, they had stopped printing it and like copies just started falling off shelves. It only came out really for uh, Windows and PC. They were working on a port to PlayStation at the time, but that never happened. Um, Eventually in like 2011, I want to say it was either 2011 or 12. I think they did a somebody, some person out there did a, a port of this game to Android. And I don't know who that person is, but uh, they're a fucking saint in my eyes. It was reacquired by Jordan Mechner, who worked with .emu to make portable versions of the game for iOS and Android, and later released a remade version for Steam that you should not buy. That's, oh, yeah, that's the version I play. Yeah, yeah that's you, what I've you want to play the GOG version. You don't want to play oh. the Steam version. I, I my, my version kept crashing. Yeah. To be honest, I like have this on Android, and I play it every now and then on Android. I think I play it like once every other year or so. I, I really should have played this on Android. Looking back, like I, it's just the easy I might have enjoyed it. it. I didn't want to buy it on Android, and I got <laughs> it in a bundle in some weird point and click bundle for like two dollars from Fanaticals. I'm like, okay, this works. I'm gonna guess that nobody has any history with this game aside from me. <laughs> no, I didn't even know what the hell it was when you picked it out. I have kind of a weird history with this game. I I kind of did this on the the show just so because I know nobody has heard of it, but I have this weird little connection to it where I mentioned in our Origins episode that GoldenEye 007 and on the 007 episode that that was the first game I ever played. However, in 1997, my dad was one of the few people to buy this game on PC and on our old like Macintosh computer that could barely run solitaire. (laughs) I watched him play this game and I was like fascinated by it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> this is technically the first game I ever I ever saw. <laughs> OK, so that that does make sense in why you made us suffer through this. <laughs> well, I also when I went, I previously went to school for game design for like two years. I went to school for game design and I hated the school and I left. But I did learn a lot in those classes and I did really enjoy those classes. And we actually sat down one day in class and the teacher was like, like talking about these like the early days of game design and he was like um he's like going on and on about i think prince of persia and he was like now let's talk about last express i was like holy shit i know that game why do i know that game (laughs) the only person in the class to raise their hand yeah i i literally i was like i know that game and the teacher was like how and i was like i don't i think my dad played it (laughs) that's hilarious i mean that's accurate because i had never even heard of this game ever existing before until you (laughs) Said, we're playing this i'm like what i actually wrote a paper on it we actually like studied the game and the rotoscoping techniques and and just the fact that it was kind of like a very early murder mystery game which is kind of a, a small but surviving genre in the game yeah. world like if like if anyone looked at our list of games going backwards or forwards they would have stopped <laughs> at this one and been like what the fuck is this <laughs> I'm just going to say also right now, like we'll give some history to the game, but this is like a essentially a murder mystery style game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, 
<laughs> I have not seen it, but I, I feel like it was probably inspired by uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. I mean, they yeah. even mentioned they name drop Murder on the Orient yes, Express yes, in do. the game in a really funny way. Like, I mean, you are on the Orient Express, too. Yes. Uh, that's a great line in the game where they're like, who's ever heard of a, mur- a murder on the Orient Express? <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> but because this is a murder mystery game, that's kind of like, yeah, inspired by like old, old Agatha Christie and Sherlock Holmes serials. If you want to, if you have any interest in playing this, I just know that there's going to be some spoilers. Yeah. So I just to explain this game, the way I would explain it is that, <laughs> It plays a lot like Mist. So yes, you're in first yes. person view. You're yeah, clicking yeah. to go forward, turn left, turn right, interact with things. Your hand will come up, blah, blah, blah. But it also <laughs> kind of has the illusion of like like the rotoscoping. So there are people walking around that are Excuse animated. Me. But yes. some of them are animated differently during cutscenes. So it's it's like three different types of animation going on all at mm-hmm. once. And it's very, it's definitely odd, but it's, it's so strange because you're on a train, the pretty much the entire game, you're stuck on this train, the Orient Express, which actually isn't the Orient Express. The the, fun fact for everybody, the Orient Express and Agatha Christie's Orient Express, that's not the name of the train. It's called the Orient Express because it's going through the Orient. Mm -hmm. I thought it was the name of the train. No, Mm -hmm. um, the (laughs) name, oh God, what is the name of the train? It's, uh. Um, Why does you make me play this shit? That's what I was thinking. The name yeah, of the that's was. it. In real life, the train, <laughs> like the Burger on the Orient Express train, was it had a different name specifically. Orient Express was just kind of the name of those cars that would go to the Orient, but they all had like specific names. Mm-hmm. So you're the Orient you're Express going from Paris to Constable. Con- Constantinople. Yeah, oh, Constantinople at this time. Yeah. You are going to Istanbul, but at the time it was Constantinople. Now yeah. it's it. Now Istanbul. Because wasn't Turkey still the Ottoman Empire at this time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, this takes place in 1914. One year, um, one year, one, like two, two days. weeks. Two weeks after the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, was after the assassination? Yep, by only two weeks. This is a game that kind of like I really enjoy it because I also like history. So if you know like anything about World War One, a lot of history ties into this game as well. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of little things here. It's like, oh yeah, I, oh, I see yeah. something. As someone who's You're not right. an expert, I see all the characters are it's just these little things here and there. <laughs> all the characters are based on kind of uh, global powers or just any powers Ooh. that uh, kind of led to the outbreak of World War One. So you've got like a Russian revolutionary and anarchist who's on the a train. He's tied to the Black Hand. The Black Hand are the group that assassinated Archduke Ferdinand. That caused and so many problems. There's like a <laughs> Russian uh, oligarch type character and you've got like an American, like a British spy officer who shows up. I like mm-hmm. that a German national who's selling weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Australian violinist. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she was Australian. I... I'm going to put a lot of shit on this game. It's not a bad game. I just didn't have a good experience. So part of it. I'm going to be honest. I wasn't expecting. I didn't know if anybody going in would actually enjoy this because it's it's a very it, like it, we're, we're going to say the word odd lot. It's a very odd little game. Yeah. yeah. Like I. Well, for the part of the game I played because eventually the game just crashed. and I was like, I just I need to like just watch a, a, a let's play for the rest of it. But for what I played, I had to use a walkthrough a lot. There were yeah. a lot of things. Was I just don't know what I'm supposed to do? 
I mean, things kind of happen whether you know or not, but yes. it's better to know what you're supposed to do so you can feel like you're progressing in some way. Yes, I I, I really like that. And I was thinking about that while playing it is I because I also really like Stalker and that game kind of runs the same way where things will just happen while mm. you're not there. That's a That's a good way to explain it. Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, a living world. <laughs> it is cool that the, that time is constantly ticking in this game, that people are constantly going from to a different train car. Um, you can miss conversations if you're not standing by that door. You can sit there and knock on the same guy's door forever and just waste time if you want to. Yeah. Or you can stand in your room, watch the Iron Man movie while you're waiting for an event to take place in the game that never happens and you know, do that too. And time will that, just keep going. Did that yeah. happen to somebody that yeah. you know, Mike? Yeah, I did. <laughs> there's a, we'll get to it later, but there's a part where something's supposed to happen. I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for it to happen. And then I got caught in a glitch where the game just kept going. Like, I sat there for two hours. I got past the point where the event was supposed to happen. Nothing happened. The train just never re never moved on the map, never got where it was going, but the time kept ticking. Yeah, Mike broke this game in a way that I have never seen happen before. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I looked it up. I was looking it up as well, and I was just like, all I could see was like, reset the time or like go back to like a previous time. I don't know what's going on. Like, I couldn't figure out what had happened to your game. Mm -hmm. I, I, I heard I what I got was uninstall it and reinstall it. And at this point, it was Friday and I knew I was busy as hell Saturday. I'm like, yeah, YouTube. I just watched the end of this game. But <laughs> to uh, to give like a little bit like a short little summary of the story, basically, there. That's going to be something because this story has a lot of twists and turns and, and there's something towards the end. But I think you all know what I'm talking about. We're just like, yeah, this game has a yeah, we'll mm -hmm. talk about the ending at some point because the ending is just kind of like wacky and straight, like even stranger than it's it's, it's something. But for like a short little summary of this, there are 35 characters in total, like significant oh, characters. Many? Yes, but I know that. this is the dog counted among that. Uh, yes, the dog is very important oh. to the story. Yeah, Max is important. <laughs> yeah, Max, Max is a husky looking dog or a wolf looking dog or something. Yeah, he's a husky. Okay. Yeah, but there's like 35 characters that are all like uh, exist on this train. Some get off at certain stops, some get on to certain stops. And you are essentially a all you all you really know when the game starts is that you were coming to this train to meet your friend. He has been murdered and you have to find out what happened. Well, you and... don't even know he was murdered. You get on the train by motorcycle and you just you have no ticket and you just jump on the train like someone someone drives you on a motorcycle and you jump off onto the train to get on. Yeah, because you were late for the train. <laughs> OK, that's what it was. Yeah. All right. I thought You're you had no ticket. Oh, yeah. And you find your friend dead and it's just like what happened and through a series of moving through this train and interacting with different characters, you kind of start to put together some pieces and more questions start rising up. And you realize that there's a lot of just like murder on the Orient Express. There's a lot of like, <laughs> like character dynamics happening that you're just kind of being thrust into the middle of. I do this... got a funny thing. Like early on, when you first go in that room and you find your dead friend, um, I picked up the body and I and I and I want to say I left all the blood on me and I went outside to go talk to someone to tell them and I got game over immediately. I'm like, well, that was yeah. the right choice. To do. I yeah. saw that picture you posted on Instagram <laughs> of like of like Robert Kath covered in blood. And I was like, ooh, Mike fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, is uh, something that happens collectively on this game. Like every decision you make could lead to a game over. Like the yes. part that Mike's talking about, I actually threw his body out the window and I was like, well, I guess that's over with. And then I just walked out. Yeah. Why do you have blood on you, sir? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you actually you it's funny because uh, you come across his body and 
like essentially it's like oh god i gotta like do something about this and you can throw it out the window or what i always do is i put them in the bed and just close the bed and then open the door like hello is it can i help you <laughs> you can actually leave his body there let the blood coagulate and then move his body later yes and you won't get blood on you yeah, there's a wagging. lot of weird weird little things i mean you don't have to because you can what I, you're supposed to put on his jacket after you get rid of the body the cleanup so no one sees the blood on your jacket and i yeah. think i think mike was saying coagulate but yeah yeah I, I, that was the word i was looking for <laughs> i knew going into this episode that i was going to be correcting mike on a lot of names which i found really funny about three days ago when you posted about this on it's on facebook and you <laughs> A murder on the Oriental Express. And I was like, it's the Orient Express, Mike. <laughs> it's a very different thing. <laughs> Should we name the main character? His name's Robert Kath. Yes. Which every time I heard. Yeah, every time I heard the name Kath, I was like, Kath, Karth, Karth, Star Wars, KOTOR, Stu. <laughs> I just think I never think that because there's a song by Death Cab for Cutie that I quite like named uh, called Kath, dot, dot, dot. Oh, wow. <laughs> So every time I hear the name, I think, Kath, it seems. As I was saying, you walk into this room, when you walk into the room with the dead body, there's three different ways to do it, I want to say. One that we had mentioned, you can strap the body to the bed, close the bed, put on the coat, leave the body there, and then at one point, throw it out the window. Because you yes. have to get rid of the body at some point. I think you... I just put the body in the bed. I'm just like, yeah, just taking care of it. And then, like, the cop then just finds the body and it's just game over. It's like, what? Because I didn't know the was going to go to that room. Yeah, yeah they... They make your bed, but you can stop mm-hmm. him if you catch him before he makes your bed. Go, no, no, I'm good. Don't don't worry about making my bed. You can do that. But what also you if you because depending on when you throw out the because I threw the body out of the out of the train a little bit later before you get to one of your first stops. And the guy said, OK, throw the body out and that way they won't see it. Well, spoiler alert, uh, the cops show up later and they're like, we're looking for you. I had to, you have to climb out the window, which I never would have figured this out without a guy. Climb out the window and hang on the side of the train so the cops come in your room and go, there's nobody here. <laughs> well, you don't, you can also go into a, someone's bathroom and hide in there. You don't have to oh. go out the window. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I did. Mm-hmm. That's what I did too. I hung out the side of the window of a train. But hey. Yeah. I like but the, I mean, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you hide in the bathroom, you can like hear the cops. Oh, the yeah. Door, and they're like, this is like we're only counting 23 passengers. There's supposed to be 24. And this this is such a like an of its time thing where the the conductor of the train is like, well, we don't have time to stop. So if you all could get off my train, <laughs> <laughs> the Orient Express is never late, sir. And the cops are like, oh, I guess we'll go. Well, we should also give props to to the sound design because like you can literally hear them coming down the hall. So it's not yes. like you just hear their voice at full volume. It gets louder as they get closer and as they leave, mm-hmm. yeah, which I thought just, was like really good for this game. This game is good. With, <laughs> I actually had headphones in the entire time because there's not a lot of subtitles sometimes. Yeah, I mean, art, like the art, the entire art direction of this game was really important to the makers of it, which mm-hmm. is funny because none of them really cared about trains beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> they all they all just like they got really lucky. I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell that story. They got really lucky when making this game because it's based on the Orient Express. Um, the train is uh, and they they were just going to like design a train, but they were talking to some like train buffs while doing it to help them figure out how to make it like accurate. And one of the guys they were talking to was like a French dude. And he was like, during the production, I was like, oh, let me call up some of my contacts. And he called up some random Italian dude who had one of the last surviving train cars of like the original World War One era Orient Express just sitting out in the yard. It's amazing. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> they were able to like go out and yeah, like take like they they went to it and it was like all the windows were busted out and like the wood was rotting, but they were able to get in and like take a ton of pictures and essentially map out that train car and build out the rest of the cars in the game off of that. Mm-hmm. Which is really impressive to I mean it does the game does look good, especially for ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. And it also like to the point of uh sound design, the voice acting is also pretty solid considering it was ninety seven. This is pre metal. Exactly. It's almost better than a Jill sandwich. Here, yeah. here you go. Well, they had go. the benefit of after they found that train car, they because it's rotoscope, so you have to shoot live action and uh and just animate over top of that. They had the benefit of they built this big studio that essentially was just the shape of a train car, so they could kind of figure out all the actions and everything and animate people walking down the hallways. And oh, while they yeah. did that, they hired live like live action actors and you know, we're able to get them to kind of like say their lines. And so all the dialogue is very, it feels very conversational and realistic because they're actually like talking to each other. It's not two people in a sound booth. I kind of have this theory that the uh, train conductors have like some of the most ripped like legs or something because (laughs) in the game, you have to walk down a single hallway to get through it. And they sit at the end of it. And every time someone passes them, they have to stand up and let you go through. <laughs> yeah. So they're just standing up and down constantly like working out. <laughs> well, it's like it's like five seconds of a workout followed by three hours of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if I would like market that that workout routine anytime soon. <laughs> it's it's hilarious, though. It is great. Excuse me, Monsieur. <laughs> yeah, that I will. I will put. You know, agree with you guys. The sound, the graphics do look cool. I mean, it just and the whole gameplay of of you just wandering around this train trying to figure out what to do next. And the game does do a good job of giving you hints if you click on the bubble. I just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Partly because I was in a rush and I was using a guide, so I was trying to follow along with the time. I started getting into it, like I didn't. I was starting to have fun with it until the game glitched on me. Yeah, I would. I recommend using a guide for this week just so that you guys could play. I think if you're if you're out there and you want to like experience this game, it, it's gonna be brutal. But going without a guide and just kind of like run through it and and you know make mistakes and might you might have to start over. But like, yeah, rewind, you'll be fine. Yeah, you've got the there is a rewind like limited rewind ability in the game. You can rewind what like four hours or something more or that you can re- you can just completely rewind if you want. Oh yeah, I'm pretty okay, sure. Sweet. So you can kind of go however you need to. So you can easily fix whatever and this game is pretty good about if you get a game over, you just go back a little bit and make a different decision, you'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh it predates Life is Strange by about 20 years. Oh, Life is Strange is so good. Oh, congratulations. You just played the early Life is Strange. <laughs> no congratulations necessary. I just <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not happy. <laughs> I like that they're like they they brought in all these live at like you can actually see footage. They still there's still footage floating around of like their recording sessions. And it's it's funny because like all the live action actors, because they're animating over them, they had to dress up as their characters. And so like all the all like all the actors look like the characters in the game. So you'll see a guy wearing like a very bright orange suit with uh, <laughs> a little goatee, and that's like the German dude. <laughs> oh, one thing we have to mention that I didn't catch this when I first I posted a picture of the waiter. And for some reason, I don't know why this waiter looks straight out. It looks like Nicolas Cage. It does look very Nicolas Cage. <laughs> don't get it. Well, that yeah, was actually Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know, I could see him doing it. <laughs> I'm just going to start that rumor right now. Nicolas Cage was in Last Express. 
<laughs> you could see him doing it too, though. The only way I will stop saying that is if Nicolas Cage contacts me directly and talks to me for an hour. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't know that. Yes, I do. It's Nicolas Cage. Anything is possible. Not going to happen. <laughs> I'm saying that Cage. right now on here. Call me Cage. I want to talk. <laughs> call me Cage. I want to talk about National Treasure 4. I know you're working on three, but I've got ideas. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I do like, like one of the opening story beats in this game is when you go to the restaurant car to meet with his mm -hmm. German and you're impersonating what the guy's name, the person that dies, Tyler or something. Tyler Whitney. Okay. You're impersonating yeah. Tyler Whitney. And of course, I don't know how the hell nobody knows what the hell you look like for some reason, but you have a jacket. So you must be Tyler Whitney. Well, you've only been on the train for like uh, an hour. <laughs> okay. I guess it makes sense. And it's not, you know, not the days of our career, you know, 1914. So, and like that, I mean, I like how he plays that off. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't know exactly what he's there for, but he's just kind of playing along to try to get information out of the guy. Though, why were you meeting this German? What's going on? What was what was your buddy up to? Like, I I did like that. Yeah, but, you don't know anything about anyone, and like, August Schmidt to... is just like, so the deal is still on, and you're like, of course it is, and remind me what I'm buying again. <laughs> like, don't worry, you'll see it in Vienna, and he's like, okay. There's uh, some cool, like, you're supposed to have gold to give him, I guess, but I'm wondering, mm. did they, when they were talking about the gold, were they talking about the egg that, because Tyler has a case in his room that had an, has two missing things in it, and you don't know what happened or what they were until later you find out. Yeah, that's kind okay. of separate um, from, this, this is like the first instance of, like, I'm talking to this character, and you're like, oh, this must have something to do with Tyler, and what you come to find out later is that it kind of has... Very little to do with the the egg. The egg is just also a thing happening on the train car. Okay, <laughs> not okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Spoilers: You don't find out what happened to Tyler until like the last five minutes of this game. That's when like the pieces click in, in together. I I do want to ask though who there's still a little. Who, yeah, who is who is the uh, English guy? Because there's there's a uh, a part where you have to. I forget his name, but you have to like help an old man. You like give him some tea as medicine and you say you're a doctor and you announce it to everyone. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you're sitting down in at a luncheon with one of the, this English guy, George. And Abbott. he's yeah, George Abbott. And he's not he's not even trying to figure out if you're lying, but he's just immediately deducing like everything you're saying is bullshit. He's <laughs> like, huh, a doctor from America. Hmm. You know, that jacket looks kind of short on you. Was it made by a French guy? Yeah. He's just like deducing, breaking it down. And Tyler's like, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he's like, ah, it's strange that you know this. You're such a young doctor and you know this, uh, you know, this like Nigerian cure for a panic attack. Yeah. And he's like, he's literally telling you, like, Come on, come clean. You're, you're fucking bullshitting us. But, I, like he's not doing it on purpose. <laughs> I like I both love and hate that character because he's yeah, he just like he he shows up in the middle of the journey to throw a wrench into everything. But mm -hmm. he's also so funny where like you can you can come across him getting on the train and he's just talking like you can eavesdrop on him talking to everybody. And he's such a dick. He does that to every single character he comes across where he's like, yeah deducing everything about them he, he's like the quintessential sherlock character where he's like just saying super dickish things Seriously. without realizing it i think <laughs> there's i think i talked to this guy he, he he even has a conversation with a waiter where he's like uh so why is the american not throwing around all this money if he's such a big doctor yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> just so unusual for an american yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's uh, like ask everybody he comes across he's asking about you and like he just knows you're listening in it's just so funny to me i don't remember <laughs> any of this yeah he definitely came across george abbott because he has i want like his conversation he has with you at some point in the game it's not like mandatory because nothing in this game is super mandatory but it's something that i doubt you would avoid he has a conversation with you later where he's talking to you about like becoming a spy we never had that conversation oh wow. that's so my game that. glitch but you still but you said you watched the rest of the game was that a lie i watched the rest of it but not what you're talking about but yeah my yeah. that's where my game glitch where i went to go talk to him i went stood in the uh, room sat down the chair stared at him no button waited no button i waited the girl never walked in the room waited Waited. In a room. You're supposed what? to talk to him in the dining car. No, yeah, in the dining car. The uh, girl mm-hmm. never came in the dining car. She never had her drink like they did in the YouTube video, like the guides, like the multiple guides that looked at said. Waited. <laughs> waited. Waited. Um, we were supposed to hit that city. Waited. And then that's when I said, fuck it, I'm done. I don't uh, know <laughs> what happened to you then. Yeah, that is... I've never had the game, like, glitch or anything there. I've had the game glitch later because of something I fucked up, but I don't know what happened to your game. <laughs> You Was probably this... had to wait because there were enemies nearby, Mike. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Emmett? I was saying, was this the Steam version? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that glitch, but I got some really weird glitches. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a game from 1997, and I, I, it's, it's a game that I recommend to certain people, but I always recommend it with the stipulation that, like, look, it's a 1990, it's a 97 game. Like a 97 PC game, some stuff might go wrong. <laughs> it is kind of cool. Like it was kind of fun, you know, going through the mystery and, you know, how real time, like every every one minute in real life is six minutes in game time, mm-hmm. which is cool most of the time when your game glitches and you watch two episodes of Clone Wars and the Iron Man movie and the game still hasn't progressed. <laughs> Not so cool then. <laughs> we're gonna find out that like mike accidentally paused the game somehow <laughs> no i didn't i i actually would check and see the time was moving and i and i looked at my guys okay 4 a.m they're gonna attack okay 4 a.m oh it's 6 a.m they haven't attacked yet that's weird it's 8 a.m they haven't attacked yet okay <laughs> nobody's waking up what the hell is go- where's the breakfast yeah that's what i realized so because the game my game glitched a point where even though everybody's supposed to be get up and breakfast is supposed to be served there's supposed to be stuff going on mm. nobody woke up the guys just everyone's just sleepy because the game couldn't couldn't figure out what was happening. I wonder if, like, you got stuck in the nightmare sequence or something. No, it wasn't that, right? I did get the one nightmare where, or in this game, you do go down for a sleep, and you wake up, and there's an Easter egg in this, too, where if you go mm. out of your, hit the bell three times, go out of your room, walk down the hallway to one of the conductors, he'll be juggling three heads for some reason. He'll take his head <laughs> off and start juggling it, yeah. Yeah, it makes... <laughs> I didn't but see that's, it. Uh, that's like, you don't go to sleep. That part, you just kind of like transition into that without realizing that you're asleep. That's my favorite part of that. What? No, I thought you walked over the bed and hit the Z's and went to sleep. Yeah, but it just like transitions into like, okay, it's the next day. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't like outright say you are dreaming. <laughs> no, but when, when your buddy is laying in bed and pulls an egg out of his mouth, that kind of helped me realize that I was dreaming. <laughs> so at the very end of the dream. <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. I was like, what's going on? I mean, there are some cool characters. Like, I didn't know she was Australian. Like, Australian, mm-hmm. the, the Aus- violinist, Austrian. I, Austrian. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. Australian didn't really make a lot of sense. Why is Australian? <laughs> She's wasn't, Austrian. Was Australia even even around at this time? Yes, but okay, <laughs> they weren't as involved with the beginning of World War One as the Austrians were. <laughs> yeah, no, Aus- Austrians played a big part in this war. Yeah, 
Which no, uh, yeah, Australia com- was founded in 1964. I, yeah, but people live there. I know, but they were prisoners. I, uh, actually, that might have been. Oh, mm, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into Australian history. I don't know it as well. Like, <laughs> Australia was founded in 1964, but Australia fought in World War II and World War One. I don't know quite. I don't know the history of Australia well enough to know how that worked. I out. have the wiki pulled up, but it's a lot more reading than I can do in the the, the five seconds I want to do it. So I think uh, I think like most places in World War One, it was considered a British colony. Yeah, yeah, I knew ninety percent of the world at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do want to say though that when you do start this game, it's very small the places you can go to. Mm-hmm. So you basically have like. Uh, the diner, and then you have like two passenger hallways, and then you, a room that leads to Kronos's place, uh, yeah. the art collector, and then I think that's it, isn't it? And then later on, you get to like go where like everyone's cooking food, and like all, yeah. all the conductors are going. Well, so, you yeah. have the the smoking car, the smoking car, yeah. which yeah, like, nobody's yeah. ever in for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but when the game starts, yeah, you essentially have access to three cars. Because you can't go past a Kronos's car. You don't know who Kronos is at this point. They're just like, oh, sorry, like this is the private cars. Like this belongs to some VIP. Did anyone else notice the painting outside of Kronos's car? <laughs> yeah, the naked woman. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, that was like. Oh, you're talking about the naked woman. No, there's another one that's like like an impressionist painting that's super anachronistic, and I don't know what that is. The well, the naked woman one is basically, and it took me a second to realize this because I had to screenshot it and look at it for a while. But there's a giant like anaconda wrapped around her. Yeah, that's oh, um. Of course. Oh god, <laughs> that that is a real like based on a real painting, but I for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of it. Yeah, I was curious because he is art collector, so I assumed he yeah. bought it. Yeah, he has another. Uh, Based painting. on real Britney Spears video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a huge Britney Basically. fan. <laughs> he has another painting that's like, it looks like kind of the scream, almost, and it's like something you'd see in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It's it's so anachronistic to this period. I really like it because it's just weird, but it doesn't make sense for, for oh. 14. And the guy we're talking about, his name is Kronos. He's like a rich guy who has his own private car attached to the train. Yes, and his servant Kahina. What mm-hmm. what 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 um, nationality is he? He's he, African. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like vaguely, yeah, vaguely African or like Middle Eastern or something. Okay, I couldn't remember if they said or not. I I sort of paid attention to things. I was kind of just trying to go through this game too at one point. His uh, yeah, it, it's it's an I like the train a lot because everybody on it is their has their own little thing going on that is completely separate from you and you're just trying to like absorb as much information as you can. I mean, you can, you can knock on people's doors a lot. I used to, I kept not, there's, because there's like, there's two sleeping cars with about, I want to say five, five rooms in each car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the cars, he owns three different rooms. And I kept knocking on his room and he's like, blah, 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 or something. I can't, it's not in English and it's not a language that your character <laughs> can understand. So there's no subtitles, nothing. He just mm. pops, he pops out the door and yells at you. And then goes back in his room. Pops up the door. Yep. I knocked on it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, any, uh, your character knows like several languages and can eavesdrop on people essentially in the dining car or wherever. And like, I like that they just speak in their language and it comes up with subtitles. Uh, something, <laughs> something very simple about that I really like. Mm-hmm. It was cool. I feel like yeah, in a I lot of. With, um, <laughs> <go ahead>. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I like the bit where it's, um, 
I think it's to uh, socialite women, and they're talking about, oh, oh, look at the American. Oh, he's a very handsome man. Mm. Oh, don't talk about him that way. That's weird. It's like, oh, he can't understand what we're saying. If we just speak, yeah. don't look at him, he will have no idea what we're saying. Those are also the uh, they're the lesbians. <laughs> they're like, yes, okay, yes. that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, they're like, it's it's they're they're they don't matter to the story at all. I love that they. <laughs> they have no bearing on like anything else. They are just two women traveling together. But you can like you can totally break into their cabin at some point and just like read their diary and shit. Oh, yeah, you're talking you're talking about Sophie and Rebecca. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah they don't like they only exist as kind of like they're not even like a red herring. They're just like a a dead end that you can go down when you're looking for clues. Mm hmm. Because they they kind of like they say stuff at the beginning that kind of implies there's more going on. To everybody says stuff like, "Oh, like, like, oh, the Americans here." Like, do you think he knows about the? Oh, shoot, don't talk about that. Like, they all kind of have that kind of dialogue, and they say stuff like that, and you're like, "Oh, like, I should go investigate what's going on with these two random women traveling together." And yeah, you break in, you just find out that like one of them is uh like kind of not that wealthy, and the other one's a little wealthy, and they fell in love, and they're like running away together. It's like, oh, that's. It has nothing to do with the story. It's just like a nice little detail they throw in the background. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These characters have like full lives outside of what I'm doing. And meanwhile, I'm like murdering people left and right <laughs> while they're trying only... to like elope. <laughs> you only murder a couple people in this game. Yeah, it's true. And it's all justified because they're all foreign. <laughs> they're all trying to kill you. Yeah, everybody. Well, yeah, everybody's got their motives. And like you have you just the, a problem. <laughs> the old guy that we barely mentioned is a Russian oligarch, which I didn't realize until I read. I was reading the plot of this game. Yes, he's a count. Um, you have oh, who is the guy making the bomb in the room next to you that I didn't catch it. But if you Milos. climb on the window at the right time, you can see him making a bomb. Yeah, mm -hmm. Milos uh, Jovanovich. He's he a Serbian. OK, so OK, so it fits along with the whole World War One thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah. He's part of the black hand, and I believe okay. that he was going to give Whitney, uh, like guns or something, a large, like yes. a large, yeah, yeah. Whitney, uh, you come to find out that like August Schmidt, who's the German dude, is the arms manufacturer. Like Whitney has been helping Anna, who's the violinist, who we'll talk about because she's very important to the story. Yes. Like they are kind of setting up August Schmidt by selling guns to the Serbians and. It's like it's a, it's a sting operation essentially with all these spies. Yeah, because they mm -hmm. catch the guns in the right country, it will give them a reason to attack. Yeah, and also they can get them to the country using the Orient Express because it's important to the story that you can't access the baggage car on the train because that's how they are able to go through customs so quickly is mm -hmm. they seal the baggage car. Which... But you can sneak into the baggage car whenever he, right. the conductor gets up to say. Dinner served. Dinner served. And I would run in there and run in the baggage car for no reason and go, okay, nothing's over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was killing time in this game all the time, just trying to kill time because I couldn't visit things. But how does that, so how does that tie in though? Cause I didn't figure this out. How does it tie into Kat or Whitney needed to give Kronos uh, the Firebird for gold so that he could give that gold to buy guns for Milos for foreign liberty causes? Yes. So, okay. yeah, Anna's setting up. <laughs> explain this game is like like having the fucking cork board with like the yarn all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna <laughs> is setting up Schmidt, who is selling guns to the Serbians. Whitney, who is not really he like he doesn't really know that Whitney is kind of like a sympathizer to the anarchists. 
because like the whole the whole looming threat in this game is that like war is about to break out and everyone's kind of panicking. Mm -hmm. So Whitney is he's selling the Firebird to Kronos to get gold to give the gold to Schmidt for the guns to give the guns to the Serbians. Oh, and we hadn't mentioned it yet. (laughs) The Firebird is a little gold whistle that was inside the chest that Tyler had. Yeah, that is missing when you get on the train. It's an egg and a whistle. Well you, well, you just know that it's an egg. Like, they show you the beginning of the game. There's, like, a newspaper clipping that says, like, Firebird stolen. I didn't read that. <laughs> oh, I actually missed that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, okay, the Firebird cool. is, like, it's like a Fabergé egg. Well, it's not Fabergé. It's it's Chinese in origin, is mm-hmm. they say. It's but an it egg looks like right. a Fabergé egg. It's just a regular gold egg. Nothing yeah, special. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> That's when the game took a twist. But another thing that I do want to mention is you one of the clues they give you in the room, you see the scarf that belongs to the violinist, which kind of leads you to start talking to her and getting to know her. Mm. And she plays a big part throughout the story. There's one part she pulls a gun on you, but I don't remember why or how. Everyone has guns. (laughs) Yeah, I think they do. There's um, the the Russian train is hiding guns. The Russian oligarch. Um, at one point, you have to go looking for the egg, and I wouldn't have known this without the guy, but if you sneak into his niece or daughter or granddaughter's room, granddaughter. and you go in the bathroom, she she has the egg hidden in the bathroom, but if you if you take the egg out and walk out the door, she'll see you, and either game over, or she takes the egg and hides it, and you can't find it. Mm-hmm. You have to take the egg, <laughs> put it back, go out, talk to her, go get the egg, and then you can leave. Yeah, and one one other little detail we haven't mentioned too is, oh my gosh, the fighting in this game, yeah, is very click heavy. It's uh, <laughs> it's, the it's certainly way. the weakest part. Yeah, I, uh, essentially what you're doing is um, watching two people dance badly, and then when <laughs> one of them moves, you have to click to dodge. That's yeah. it. Click <laughs> the uh, very '90s video yeah. game grunt sound. <laughs> I love in the early days of PC games. For whatever reason, they like PC games in the like like nineties. They kind of forgot that keyboards existed too. So they're just like, <laughs> yeah. well, you have a mouse, so all the controls have to be run off the mouse. <laughs> like I don't know who came along and was like, hey, what if we make like buttons on the keyboard work? And they're like, oh my god, <laughs> genius! Yeah. The- Fighting was stupid. There's only a couple fights in this game. There aren't many. I only got to do one or two because my game froze. Mm-hmm. But they're certainly the weakest part. But you got to have that action in there because it's it's it was interesting. Like I mean, I I found the characters interesting. I like I did like that. And when you and I only fought the Austrian guy who gets killed later on because he tries to kill the Russian oligarch and he gets stabbed. I think by his own knife or someone kills him. I didn't pay attention. Oh, Milos the and, Serbian dude? Yeah. Yes. Milos the Serbian when, dude. is. There's <laughs> just something about that flows. <laughs> and that's when you find out that there's a bomb on the train that you can see earlier. Even though I, I took the timer out of his room, he still put a bomb in somehow. And I went and did a little... I died like over 10 times before I realized you have to take one of your items, which is like a paper, passport, or ticket, something paper, and Ooh. stick it in a certain spot on the bomb, and then it disables the bomb. Uh, I, I want to say if they opened up a restaurant called The Last Express, Milos, the Serbian dude, would definitely be a sandwich in there. That'd be great, yeah. And all <laughs> actually, all the waiters are just named Milos, and they're Milos, the server dude. <laughs> you get a Nicolas Cage to be a waiter. Oh, my God. Yeah, Cage, call me. I have ideas. <laughs> Don't do anything. 
I, I'm, I'm waiting for Nicolas Cage and Capcom to call me, basically. <laughs> it's like the backstory of this podcast. <laughs> it's the metagame to all this. Good luck but with yeah. that one. I, I really like that interaction because you have uh, Vasily Obolinsky, who's the he's the count, the Russian count, and his daughter Tatiana. And it's kind of implied that like they're kind of metaphors for like the Tsar and uh, like the younger generation, particularly um, Anastasia, like that. Like the last kind of czaresses, czarinas, I think is actually the term. Okay. Yeah, and then you have like, I, there's like a lot of metaphors going on in this too. It's it's great. Like yeah, you got the old count who is kind of like like you're introduced to him, and he's not quite there. Like he's got some mental problems, maybe some like senility, which kind of like a good metaphor for like the Russian upper class just being disillusioned and not really understanding anything about like the rest of the country. And you have like yeah the Serbian anarchist and he's trying to like tempt the younger generation away from this uh this old structure. It's great. Okay, I that is interesting. I didn't. I mean, I know a lot about World War One, but I didn't pick up on a lot of what was going on because I was just kind of so busy. But it was after the bomb where the game had glitched on me, which is like this is getting where it gets really exciting. Um, one thing I should touch on before the bomb that doesn't matter too much. There's a concert, which is what is what we is what you can use to sneak around the train and go in people's room because everyone's in the concert. And that's how you yeah. you have to do something so stupid. I would have never figure out the guy. You have to go climb outside one part of the train on one of the side of the cars, go on the roof, climb over the roof, jump through a window open hit a secret button on a painting inside Kronos's bedroom car grab a chest of grab a suitcase of gold well, you're walk- in Kronos's car <laughs> yeah but it makes just- sense because you have to get to like you have to get to his second car and you're in the room with him so he can't see you do it so you have to go out the front and climb over the car to get to the last car of the train but then you just walk in carrying the briefcase and they just look at you like yeah that's normal <laughs> I mean yeah well they both like yeah they share a look like oh fuck <laughs> it was how did that just happen so obvious <laughs> And there's a game over in there. I didn't get it, but it's there. If you get caught with the, if you get caught, and if you don't give her the gold, she'll kill you. What I did is I, I hid the gold in my car, grabbed the egg, ran, hid the egg in the in the baggage car because you can hide it in this kennel where there's a dog that we haven't mentioned yet, Max. Uh, Max. And if you if you let the dog out, he'll run. Not too much. We mentioned that he exists. He runs back to his owner, and you can hide the egg in the kennel on the on the like right by the water dish, and then it will stay there the rest. That it will stay the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that part's great because there's so much going on in that concert segment where it's like it's not just a random concert. You can uh, you can listen in to Kronos talking to his uh, his servant Kahina earlier, and he's like explaining that like. Oh, I'm going to like set up this concert to get everybody in this train car so that you can go to Anna's room and break in. And the servant's like, oh, but what about the dog? Like, I mean, I can do it, sir, but the dog will be a problem. And he's like, oh, yes. Well, uh, I have ideas about that. So like this is happening completely separate to you. Kronos, a just random character in the game, complains to uh, the conductor, gets the dog taken out and put in the baggage car. That's how the dog ends up there has the concert so that everyone's in there and Anna, the violinist, is playing in there so Kahina can leave and break into her car. <laughs> and while that's happening, that's when you go and break into the baggage car. It's like so much is fucking going on in yes. that segment. And there's a there's another really stupid thing I forgot, but I'm actually... Hey, Emma, do you want to introduce how you get the Firebird whistle? Oh, so what is it? So you gotta find... <laughs> oh, yeah. Like some weird matchbook yeah, magician trick? In the jacket. Yeah, okay. you've got a matchbox. <laughs> And it's like, oh, it's this trick matchbox. And you show it to the little kid. He's like, oh, I pick up as he whistle. I will give you as he whistle for the matchbook. And then you got to like trade the kid 
the weird matchbook thing for the whistle. Okay, yeah. you did it differently than me then. Mm-hmm. I oh, caught I? the beetle oh, in the smoking car and traded the beetle for the whistle. Oh, I I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's how I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how I did it. There's like uh, three or four solutions to almost every problem in this game. Like how Mike was talking about the, the bomb. You, you use the passport to disarm it. I disarmed the bomb with a match. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you can like burn one of the wires and it, oh, I did it that. disarms it. But then you have to. Oh, you burn like after you had it opened the brief opened it. You burn one of those wires. Yeah, there's there's it's there's a lot of like the very strange solutions to, to everything in the game because and it's kind of crazy because like i said there's so much going on for them to be like okay like every little problem has to have three or four solutions and also like three or four fail states but you are like in a single playthrough you're only going to come across like 40 percent of the problems realistically because yeah. you aren't going to be able to hit everything i wish i would have played this on mobile because i would have had no problem on mobile but i played it on my on my pc well, get it on Android and play it again. <laughs> this is a game that's very good for repeat playthroughs because even knowing the ending, you can play through the game a different way or say like, oh, I've played through this, so I know about that conversation already so I can go explore other parts of the train and like get a full picture of everything that's happening. Oh, and that whole reason why you get the, the, the suitcase of gold is so that you can show it to the German, so that way he gets that. Otherwise, he gets off the train if you don't show it to him, and then you never get one of the endings. So I showed it to him. I hid it back mm. in my car, and at some point, I was gonna give it back to Kahina because I didn't want him to kill me. They stole the gold back from me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you were such a dick to him throughout the entire game, and he is like the nicest person. To, like he is so patient with you, uh, August Schmidt. He is just like he like he thinks you're Whitney, and he's just like he's like oh like uh Aunt Whitney like. Uh, you're here to sell me the gold, yes? And you're like, yes, of course. And he's like, <laughs> like he just keeps coming. He's like, so about this trade, like I just want to make sure you've got the gold. And you're like, uh, uh, of course I've got the gold. And he's like, can you just show it to me just to prove that you have the gold? And he's like, no, of course not. I'm, I wouldn't show you before Vienna. And he's like, well, I'm getting off in Vienna. <laughs> it's just it's, like, uh, it's very Legend so of Zelda shit. when the gold opens too. Da, 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 da. Yeah, <laughs> I like when you show him the gold and he's like sweating and dabbing his forehead and he's like, oh, thank God. Like, I don't know why you were being so strange about this beforehand. I don't know why you didn't just show me in the beginning. <laughs> it's odd. And I was like, glad when they stole it, though. <laughs> so I didn't die. Even like you could argue that when you don't have the gold, it makes sense to kind of like push, like blow them off and be like, oh, I'll show you later because you don't have anything to show them. But yeah. even when you have everything to show them, you're still a dick to him for no reason. <laughs> he's like, oh, like it was excellent doing business to, with you. And he's like, yeah, like, ah, whatever. <laughs> I gotta go talk to this violinist. Although you can come across him like absolutely shit faced later in the game and dance with him. And it's great. I did that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has a date. You walk in. <laughs> Yeah, because she has a date with a spy who's trying to is, is tricking him. Yeah, I did that yeah. part. Let's talk about Anna because okay, Anna we is haven't, like Anna's a yeah, big character. We haven't talked about her yet. Anna's also the one that has the dog Max that's height that lives in her in her apart or sleeping car at least for the moment of this train ride, and that's why they couldn't go in it. But she's also you don't find this out right away, but she's also a spy of plays the violin and you only find out she's a spy if you sneak into her room at one point after the dog's gone i think she pulls a gun on you for that 
Mm-hmm. Yes. But then you oh, well, she pulls a gun on you later for stealing the key. <laughs> I did. No, yeah, you're conflating like three separate events, and it makes it sound very strange. She pulls a gun on you, and then you kiss her. No. I know. <laughs> you <laughs> break into her room. You find out she's a spot. You find like information that says like she's working for somebody else. She and you steal a key from her room. You need the key for other stuff later. Uh, and then she breaks into your room and pulls a gun on you, and you're like. You just like smack it out of her hand. She's mm. uh, she's very much Meryl from Metal Gear Solid. You're like, have you ever shot anybody before? She's like, I'm a spy. Of course I have. And you just like slap her hand and the gun falls on the ground. And she's like, I lied. I've never killed anybody. Uh, we we should mention, too. She becomes the love we should mention, too, that the dog isn't there anymore because there somebody else is plotting to get into her room and they're afraid they it's, might get bit by the dog. I think it's Kronos and his yep. servant. We already yeah. Yeah. touched on yeah, that. That's during the concert. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of people doing a lot of things all the time, <laughs> especially like with Anna. Cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the idea that you could just like sit in your room and just like let everything happen. <laughs> yeah. I tried a few times. If, I I would love an ending. Like if they remade this game, I would love an ending where like you get to Vienna and you're just like fuck this and you get out of the train. <laughs> just like <laughs> like you could sit in your room for like three days and then just bail and be like ah this is too much it's not my problem. <laughs> the whole reason you were getting on there was just to get your ten bucks back from Whitney. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And. After we, I think we kind of touched on most of the characters that matter on this train. Should we kind of go on what happens after the bomb? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyway. I mean, we haven't. We've talked about Anna. I like Anna's setup where she's she's just like a violinist, but she's kind she's of like cold. She's she's kind of cold to you, and you're like, mm, something's going on here, and you have to like keep investigating her. <laughs> or how you find the key in her jewelry box hidden, which you really need that master key. That's how you get into the other room earlier that we mentioned to go steal back the egg, and it's how you can lock your own door and do a bunch of crap with that key. As yeah. long as nobody's looking. If the guy is not sleep is um sitting down in his chair, the conductor in each of the sleeping cars that we mentioned, he'll go he'll go bonjour. That's not your car. That's not your sleeping car. But you can do certain things so he can't see you and then sneak into people's room. Yeah, I guess yeah. There's actually <laughs> there's a super shitty thing you could do if you're quick, which I find so funny. Where you can go into a car, you can go into like a room and hit the like help button and then walk down the hallway like walk past him and then break into another room it's I did that. you gotta be like really quick but it's so funny the idea of like hitting the button and then running past them <laughs> like ah, i tricked you i did shit like that too to him i i was mean but it's just... i think you can uh i think you can hit the button and like crawl out the window too and like go down <laughs> it's, it's just like you're just like pranking him <laughs> you can do it it's a weird game that's that's, that's one thing. It's I an odd little. Say. It's an odd oh, little gem. I can't remember if we said Anna's also a spy. I think we mentioned that already, haven't we? Yeah, yeah you've said that like three times. times. Okay, good. Yeah, yes, Anna is a spy. She works for the Austrian government, and she is she. You find out through talking to her that she is there investigating August Schmidt, or she has something to do with August Schmidt and his his interactions, and and like all this stuff is not. When we say like you find out this stuff, it's not like straightforward. It's all information that you're getting throughout the game that you're starting yeah, like you piece very, together. Uh, it's a very like um, I don't know. It's very it, like Poro. It's very Agatha Christie. Yeah, yeah. You're the, just the, getting the like very is, minor amounts. Yeah, the plot is just like little pieces, just like little puzzle pieces, and uh, you'll probably miss most of the puzzle pieces. Like I, when I was playing before, I just had to look. Let's play. I missed so many things. Like what? 
and I, I get part of a conversation and I'd see like part of a puzzle. I would just be like, I don't know what this is supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Yeah. Well, like right at the beginning, that like how you learn about the the Firebird is you find a little there's a little like scroll in um in uh, Whitney's coat that you like pull out. And it's got like a poem written in a language that you can't read. And you can just go around yeah, and like yeah. show that poem to people and you find out like, oh, Tatiana can read it because she's Russian. But if you show it to if you show it to uh, Milos first, the Serbian dude, he's like, oh, it's like a, he like just he's just like, oh, it's a, like a nursery rhyme for children about like the firebird. And he just kind of like, ah, I don't have time for this. But like, yeah, you like figure out like, oh, like he knows this poem and then Tatiana knows this poem and she's like translating it for you. And then you can come across them later and they like sit down and start talking. And she's like, I knew I, I was like, I, she, was, she gets like upset. She's like, why didn't you talk to me before? And you figure out like, oh, they know each other. And you come across them later and they're talking about how they grew up together and they come across them again. And they're like, like talking about like politics and what kind of drove them apart. It's great. It's a really yeah. weird game. They, they had a weird little yeah. like send off on like their second conversation though. Cause he's, I think he's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. That our childhood is forgotten to me. Blah blah blah, and then like an hour later, they're eating dinner together again. <laughs> like, well, he's right. also like, <laughs> he's also like dealing with the other Serbians and the Black Hand, which are on the train, like hiding. Yeah, so he's very bipolar about how he's feeling all the time. <laughs> but that's also yeah, in the game. He's like really he's, interesting. Yeah, he's flirting with like a Russian, uh, a Russian, like essentially a a rich Russian like aristocrat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, basically. But meanwhile, the black hand are like, kill them all, kill them all. Because <laughs> it is when you go, like, I, as I was saying before, after you disarm that bomb, that's when things really take an interesting turn. That's where I was like, I was really bummed that the game wouldn't continue working. Because I was well, watching it. Uh, like, I mean, like, right right before the, like, the reason you find out about the bomb right before that is when, uh, like, Milo sh- sadly dies. Spoilers. <laughs> but, like, Milo, uh, you come you hear screaming from the Russians room from the count and his daughter, a granddaughter's room. And like it, this is like the only time the game shows you something that you're not a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting. Cause I think they're just like really proud of that moment. <laughs> but yeah, like you Milos runs in the room and he's, he's got a knife and he's like, and he's got like a little blood on his hand or something. And he's like, I need to talk to you, Tatiana. And the count wakes up and, he has been senile for the whole game, but he has like a moment of pure lucidity where he's like, he sees a knife. And he's like, this man's trying to kill me. Fuck you. He just stabs him like three times. <laughs> okay. So that's what him. It's like, yeah, I didn't and it's see. Like, I... You, you hear the scream and you go in and like Tatiana is like broken and the fucking count is like out of his mind and Milos is dying and he tells you about the bomb. It's like, Jesus Christ, we are kicking off. <laughs> I, I want to say the count says something like that earlier too doesn't he he's like you were in my dreams you're here to kill me aren't you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, like before kind that of, there's like kind a, of applied nightmare scene okay <laughs> yeah his nightmare scene yeah <laughs> i don't know whose nightmare it was actually yeah it was like in a castle <laughs> he's or sharing something. your dreams i didn't see he's this. the russian he's the russian freddy krueger <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. There's there's a scene where someone I'm not actually sure who is having a nightmare, and there's like this castle in Russia, and uh, Milos. Oh yeah, yeah. He's there, there to like assassinate the count. Yeah, I think that's his dream. Okay, it's just oh! nightmare, and it just disappears. I'm like, what this, the hell was that about? This is this is where the game glitched on me com- the first time. Um, what happens is you go to your room, and the guy, the conductor, will come. I have to make your bed. He came in my room to make the bed. Left. Never made the bed. I ring the bell. 
Oh, monsieur. Oh, that's nothing. You know, like, what? No, make the bed. Nope, never make the bed. So I sat here, and that's like one of the time when I watched a movie to a time passed, and I finally got to the point where, te- where you're supposed to have a nightmare, but if you wake up, or if you just wait till 1040, rush to the room where the murder's going to happen, you can witness the murder and then go get the bomb. But the game will not progress after that because it never, you never let you sleep and you never had a nightmare. I'm a, you need to like send me the guide you used, Mike, and I'm going to play through the game using your guide and see if I can figure out like what happened. Because <laughs> you followed the guide almost exactly. I, I used a couple different guides, but yeah. But I couldn't yeah, find I'm one gonna, I liked yeah, first. You'll have to send me those because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure out what happened to like stall the game. <laughs> Yeah, I guess email these like email these guide writers from 10 years ago and be like, yeah, listen, that was a mistake. There's a typo in your guide that causes the game to freeze. You fucked up. uh, I fucked up when I picked this when I played this game. But so like later on after the bomb, I'm going to go past the bomb now. After you disarm the bomb and and you go to the train, the smoking car, you're supposed to talk. Mike just does not want to talk about Milos' death. No, Milos' death. I'm not fair for him. Hey, he tried to stab you. Sure. I nice. kind of like when he, he tried to kill you because he thought you killed Tyler yeah. and then he become like buddy buddy with him. I never talked to him again. I like that. Milos. Oh, I love Milos. He's just like, you know, he's your standard. He's he's just an anarchist looking for his way in the world. Like all he wants is to fall in love and bring down the Russian government. All right. That's <laughs> like, what's yeah. wrong with that? That happened in a way. <laughs> just wants After... to fight for the proletariat. So after you disarm the bomb and you go in the smoking car, that's when the game also, like, I noticed the glitch because you talk, and we had mentioned a little bit ago, you talk to this guy and he tells you that he's trying to recruit you. He can make all your, you know, murder charges go away because you're wanted for murder that you didn't commit, I want to say. You were blamed yeah. for. Okay. You were not make those go away. And then, you're, and then you're supposed to talk to Anna, is her name? Yeah. Uh, stick yeah. with Anna? Mac. Okay. I also can't remember. My mind is blanking. You talk to her and that's when you go back to her room and if you keep knocking on the door and persisting, you can go in the room and kiss her. And I think you start making out and then you spend the night with her, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Maybe. No, I didn't. You start. <laughs> yes and no. You uh, oh, that's yeah, later. Like, no, no, this is it. it well, you, you can kiss her a little bit. Yeah, you can you kiss, can her, kiss her. But by the I way, think... this is not you like forcing yourself on this woman. Like mm. it's up to this point. There's like a lot of like she is the love interest at this point. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like imply through a lot of stuff that you both have feelings for each other so it's not you just like beating the door down like hey lady make out with me it's <laughs> okay that, no it's well and they also trust each other because of the thing that happened in the cargo earlier where she was pointing the gun yeah. at you but then she, you kind of saved her and she saved you yeah. yeah 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 after you smack the gun out of her hand like some random black hand guy comes in and tries to kill you and you gotta punch him out mm-hmm. he knock you out too because you wake up in the baggage car that's later that's yeah. afterwards God. So, yeah, that you, one you, that like, time I think you you get you start fighting him and then she pulls out the gun behind him and you're like yeah ha ha and then you guys trust each other and then so later on that's, that's in the luggage car when you go to the luggage car to check on the guns that's when that happens right yeah not in later. her car I was this thinking is, of in her yeah, car this is no, not confusing is... at all for anyone listening I'm confused and <laughs> I played the game okay hold on that line, back up hold on let me set this let me set this scene straight here because this is we are all over the place this is a nightmare year is this 19. is after yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go all right we're going back to 1907 now um, you have disarmed the bomb this is right after Milos just freaked out Milos has died he told you about the bomb you disarmed the bomb and then George Abbott the English guy that's why Mike I was getting Mike was like upsetting me he was like oh let's burn past the bomb thing I'm like you can't talk about the next part without talking about the bomb segment it's so important 
immediately after disarming the bomb, that's when George Abbott was like, ah, good to like, good job, old sport. Let's go have that drink now. And he just kind of saunters off like, there's still a bomb here. Like, shouldn't we be worried about this? And he's like, nah, we'll just go have a drink. You drink with him. That's when he tries to recruit you. Um, and he's like, you learned that you you did not kill the sergeant. At the beginning of the game, you, there's like news reports and stuff about like, oh, the police are looking for some American doctor who was involved with the murder of an Irish policeman. And he's like, oh, like, I know you didn't actually police, like kill him. You were just helping the guy who got into a fight and killed him. And you were just like keeping him alive. And he's like, I know you're a doctor. That's what you do. But if you want to work for the British government, then come along and talk to me. We'll drop the charges. And you're like, nah, I'm good. That's Which, when you go talk to Anna. Yeah, because that's like the only backstory I want to say they give of your characters that you got into a fight with that guy who was fighting two Irishmen or something. Yeah, pretty much. Like you yeah. just know that you were involved with something and that's why you're trying to get out of the country. And like, that's why the police are looking for you. Right. Which we also didn't mention when you get on the train uh, at the beginning or you see it leave, there are policemen there and you're, you're eyeing them. Yeah, you can actually yeah. find documents in uh, Kronos's car where he's he hired like a spy to or he hired like a uh, investigator to follow around Tyler Whitney. And yeah, you find out like Tyler Whitney has been living in your apartment and he's been like looking for you, which is kind of sad because at this point, you're like, you know, he's dead. And you find out that he's been like actively searching for you and he like desperately needs to find you for something. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's and nice. that's cool. when you that's when the stuff with Anna happens. Yeah, you're going walking down the hall with her and she's like. She's it's like after all of this nightmare situation has kind of ended and is dying down and everyone's just like, oh, we need to go to bed. Like Tatiana's kind of like something's up. Like she looks like she's had like a mental break. And yeah, you break into Anna's room and she's just like, oh, like, let's just let's just start making out. And then the train starts to stop. Yep. I, I noticed so you don't too spend the, the Tatiana, like one of the things she does on the train a lot is she'll go to the passageway between cars before you get to Kronos's room and the car before she'll always go there and smoke because she's frustrated. Yeah. yeah. I like yeah. her little, <laughs> there's a moment where it's like, it's you could just come across her playing chess with, uh, with Milos. And it's just yeah, like a little yeah. happy little moment with them. Yeah. Like they're not talking about anything. They're just like smiling, playing chess. Oh, what were you going to say? Emmett? No, I was just saying, yeah. Like I like the little bits where they're playing chess together. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I <laughs> But yeah, that's, I don't know, this game just that wasn't that's when like, oh, <laughs> like at that moment, they're like, oh, thank God that that whole bomb thing was over. And then the train just like shit hits the fan immediately because the train I was like the brakes hit and the black hand guys, more black hand guys get on the train and they start to take it over. Right. I was really bummed at this part because I as I watched I had to watch a YouTube view of everything past this. And I really wanted to play this because all, all the black hand people get on the pl on the train. You you're tied up in a baggage car and you have to escape and then take out the guy and the great fighting. Yeah. And I think you have to like I think then he climbs <laughs> on the roof and fights. Yeah, guys on the roof. You have a crowbar or, and they have a sword like I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there's four black hand bandits. Um, And yeah, they've. Or this, I think there's five actually. It's four or five, but yeah, like yeah, it doesn't matter. You that that's the whole part where like you knock the guy out and like Anna's in there with you, and there's some like fun that it, it like very briefly turns into like an Indiana Jones game with this like funny dialogue yeah. about ah, you should kick the shit out of that Serbian guy, you, like that's take cool. her. Um, <laughs> you could like untie her and take her uh, her gag off, and she has like she's like oh sure like untie me before you remove the gag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That uh, made me laugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it, then you gotta climb up on the roof and fight. That was like my favorite thing to fucking watch my dad do in the <laughs> back of the day. I like I remember the beginning of this game and I remember the fucking train fight. Is you were just throwing people off a train left and right. <laughs> I mean, at least it was it looked cool and and when I watched it in the YouTube video. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a cool segment, but it is still the combat. So it is still very basic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I want to say after you end up taking out the Black Hand, this is, I think you're in this point, you're in the Ottoman Empire already, or what would be now known as Turkey. This happens in Budapest, I want to say, when they board, right before Budapest? Yes. Okay. and I think so, yeah. And this is, and then after you end up dealing with them, is that, is that when you finally kiss Anna and spend time in her in her apartment, or is that after? I want to say that's You kiss her part. after the bomb, the train stops, you fight the Black Hand, and you've got to like take over the train okay. and then it's like yeah i think you kiss after you you take over the train but that part's cool because you gotta like you fight your way to the, the front of the train and <laughs> is that the part where you uh that's not the part where you like oh no no, no. okay yeah there's some stuff happens in between this and later because at some point like you detach the back train cars and you're just yes, like so long, that's, that's right after this i want to say or no it's after yeah no i think it's with the event with chronos it's a little bit later yeah yeah, at this point you are you're fighting to the front of the train. There, there's a police officer, and all the characters in the game are like stuck in the dining car, which is great because you get to like see everybody that's on the train at no, this moment. I like, remember now huddled around. You detach the car because you're going into one of the countries, and since you have the you you're worried if they stop you at the at the at the crossing, that's why they that's why they board the train. You're not going to make it to where you're going. You keep feeding coal mm. into the train after you knock out the bandits that were in charge of the train, and then they ride right through the to get through the checkpoint so they won't be stopped. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this was this was <laughs> the excuse they needed to invade the Balkan is what they were doing with the whole trade and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> man, this is a complicated like game. That, uh, you get to the front of the train. <laughs> and well, first of all, like you're in the dining car with everybody and they're like, the bandits have taken over. <laughs> and you're like, don't worry, we'll go stop the bandits at the front of the train. And the cop who's on the train, not Abbott, like a random police officer that's on the train, he's like the security of the train. He's like, oh, okay, well, everyone just go back to your cars. Like it's <laughs> immediately like the situation in his mind is taken care of. He's like, oh, not my problem anymore. All right, everyone go to sleep. It's still nighttime. So, you know, just don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it's the equivalent of like finding out that like, your plane has been hijacked and your the attendant has come out and be like okay everybody just let you know the plane has been hijacked but we are dealing with it we've sent one of the passengers up to talk to the hijacker so if everyone could just turn off your uh, emergency lights and uh, go ahead and stuff those oxygen things back up in the top that'd be great <laughs> if anyone just, needs any nuts just let us know go to sleep <laughs> Yeah, we'll be turning off the lights and turning on the fasten seatbelt button. So if everyone could just <laughs> and then just send a passenger up to like beat the shit out of the hijacker and they're just like, OK, everyone's situation has been handled. We will be resuming our flight to Boston. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh uh, my God. Quick thing about and the, then everyone uh, hugs security cop. Uh, there were a few times playing the game where I'm walking down the hallway the same time he is. And every single time, like every frame I click to go for not frame every um still i click to go forward he's walking forward and he turns around and there's a whole animation of him turning around and like giving a little salute and then he walks forward i walk yeah forward, turns around gives a salute it's like oh okay, okay I, we, can we just can we just walk <laughs> like every we single don't need time it's every time sir it'd <laughs> <laughs> be great like at the end you're just like why do you do this and he's like sir this is the orient express manners are everything 
The Oriental Express, like I said, you know. The Oriental Express, as Mike calls it. <laughs> Only that one time accident. Uh, it did By the way, cool. the, the train in the Orient Express is the Taurus Express. I uh, looked it up. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Learn something yeah. new. I I knew it. It's the, the a lot of people. It's like the Frankenstein thing, kind of, where people think that the mm. Orient Express is the name of the train, but it was specifically the Taurus Express, which is still running. Uh, not anymore. It ended recently. I want to say. Or am I, or am I looking the, the Taurus Express is still. It, it the Orient Express trains are no longer running. The Taurus Express train is still running. They remade okay. it. All right. It stopped running in like 2012, I think, but they restarted it recently. You know, this would be a everybody. fun experience. You know, maybe yeah. someday if I ever am rich, I wouldn't mind riding to, a train. She'd get murdered on a train? Oh, not 1914, <laughs> so I should be okay. I, we're talking, I'm talking to a friend about going to... <laughs> See, I, I'm talking to, with a friend about us going to England next year, or at the end of this year, and I really want to ride, like, a really nice train. That being said, last year we went to New York and we used Amtrak, <laughs> and... I think a murder on the Amtrak train would be a very different movie. <laughs> okay, I got a sad story that I do want to say about this. The first time I ever rode an Amtrak oh God. train, like murdered was, a guy on an Amtrak. No, it was from Milwaukee to Chicago, which is for those that know, it's like an hour train ride. And somehow on the way back, and I was like 13 at this time, we hit a jogger. Unfortunately, oh Jesus! And yeah, what? I'm like, apparently though, if you get hit by an Amtrak, it's over. Boom. I mean, the amount, the speed the train is going, it just apparently there were two trains yeah, coming. Fucking one, one left, and he went, and the other one hit him. And it was, we were stuck there. It's a fucking there. train. Like, I don't understand how people get hit by trains. He was jogging, and apparently he jogged all the way up to heaven. <laughs> like, if you but see a track, it, like, look it fucking was both directions. And I remember just being so bored because I didn't have a Game Boy with me. I didn't have anything. I'm just sitting here like, huh, okay. I, 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 and I didn't ride a train again for years because I was just like, nope, not doing this again. Nope, last time I got a train, someone died. I'm done. No train. You hit, you hit somebody and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, this is where Mike and I are very different people because I had that six-hour Amtrak ride to New York. And if somebody came by and said, oh, sorry, just to let everybody know, there's been a murder in the car behind you, I'd be like, does that mean we have to get up? That'd be my first reaction. <laughs> Oh, so like, is the train oh. stopping or like, are we going to keep going? Oh, and then after you <laughs> murder's done, nothing we can do about it now. <laughs> I, I always, I just I always remember that. And I always remember looking out the window and seeing the coroner who's this real big fat guy to a like, real big guy in a plant and a flannel shirt. And I'm like, can he walk any faster? I really want to go home. Well, the dude got like, hit by a train. I imagine there was like, I, how much is necessary to was... be like, <laughs> what was the cause of situation? death? Mm, I'm <laughs> thinking it was a train. Not to be too morbid, but I think in that situation, it's less like one big bag and more like a lot of little bags. <laughs> yeah, uh, it probably did take them quite a while. It was it was a long time, and I, I didn't ride a train again for like over 10, 15 years. But in that situation, because I've always wondered, having lived like near D.C. and I like I, I know people I was going to say I know people who got hit by trains. No, I know that people it, are hit by trains. I always wondered in that situation, do they just have to like hose off the front of the train and then go back to what they're doing or is it like 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 is there like a guy who comes out with like a spray bottle or something like a little hose and he's like all right we gotta get this train back on the rails it's a train it's not a car nobody moved the train i can tell you that much so (laughs) and it's still sitting there to this day i can say that i guess if it's a Um, murder they have to is the train evidence i don't know i've got a lot of questions about this i'll have to look into it Okay, that's good. But what I do want to say is after you pass through that checkpoint with the train and you, you get close to Consnap 
what's now Istanbul, but I can't say Constant. I can't say it. So Constant. Constantinople. 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 I'm done. I give up. All right. So after you pass, when you're getting near there, that's when they finally wrap up the story with Kronos. Kronos comes back on the train and he ends up oh, taking yeah. your girl hostage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say your girl, Anna, because I want to say you did finally sleep with her at this point. Am I right? All right. I'm right. Uh, okay. We're going to say uh, I'm right. and, I don't know. I want to say that you did before this happens. Yes, because I think you reach Constantinople and you guys have already done it. And then you find yourself running into Kronos and Kahina. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, at at that point, it's just like, all right, let's go back to our cars. And it's like implied that they go back to the same car. But because they're after the Firebird still, right? Yeah, they're after the egg. That's the Firebird. That's the Firebird. Oh, okay. <laughs> After the Firebird. No, oh. no. no. <laughs> God, this game, there's so much going on. I apologize to our audience. Like this is we're we're breaking down a very intricate murder mystery. And we we can't even say Constantinople. Just you can. Just, I think uh, just call it Byzantium. Can. It's Byzantium. That was before this. Well, yeah, that was way before this. Well, actually, the funny thing is that city is also in Assassin's Creed Revelations. Yeah, well, it's a very important yes. city. Man, that's a good game, too. That's a very good yeah, city. We need to do some Assassin's Creed on this podcast. I just want to play Assassin's Creed again. It's if anyone's interested in history at all and you haven't read up on Constantinople or Istanbul, just like look up the history of that city because holy shit. Yeah, okay. it, Byzantium. <laughs> and like, I did it was, like okay, the- It was Byzantium, and then it was Constantinople, and then it was Istanbul. Whichever of those is easiest for you to say, stick to that. Oh. The great, uh, they might be giant song. Yes. <laughs> Which I sort of know what you're talking about. Which is the best scene of Umbrella Academy. <laughs> I've not oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you've, oh, man. If you like that song, it. then you gotta watch at least the first couple episodes of Umbrella Academy, because right. holy shit. Okay, so as I was saying, as, as after Chrono come after Chrono after Chrono shows up to stop Lavos, so after Chronos comes back, <laughs> someone got that joke. After Chronos comes back, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not acknowledging you anymore. <laughs> um, there, you he puts he puts Anna at gunpoint. And they tell you to go get the egg. So then you go wander your ass back to the baggage car, get the egg out of the kennel, and this is when you finally find out what happened. So you give him the egg, and he and he make he wants you to open it. You have to do a puzzle. Yes. which is related to a poem that you got way earlier in the game that I never got somehow because I just completely missed it. Yeah, you have to give Tatiana... <laughs> I never did. You have to give Tatiana the poem for her to translate, and you have to use that translation to know in what order you need to press the buttons on the side of the egg, and you don't realize that they're buttons until this, kind of like up until this point. You can do it earlier, but... Yeah, because I think she explains too that the poem is specifically like a Russian fairy tale meant to scare children or something. Yeah, that's what uh, Milos says because he's like, ah, I don't care. Like, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's the Russian book. Milos goes on this whole rant about it actually, where he's <laughs> like, oh, the poem is like used by the the aristocrats to keep the proletariat down. It's all about the yeah. boogeyman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then Tatiana's <laughs> like, oh, I'll translate it for you. Here's like an annotated copy. <laughs> And after you blow on the after you open up the egg and the egg transforms into a bird, into a gold bird. Yeah, this is a game. I mean, the game, it it starts off with Murder Orient Express and it turns into an Indiana Jones game. And then at the end, it's like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, kind of. Yep. (laughs) And then you finally you blow on the whistle and the bird attacks Kronos and, and his assistant Kahina and you and it scratches them to death. I want to say it kills both of them. Yes. And when well, you see the sh- it scratches them and you escape. 
Oh, okay. It doesn't kill them? That's not what kills them. What kills them? Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. I, I can't remember, but I'll, I'll say my part, then I'll have you go. <laughs> and when you see the scratches on his face, that's when you realize that's what killed Tyler, because what we did not mention, when you see Tyler, he has a scratch right across his face and a bunch of... Yeah. It turns out he, he blew the whistle and the bird woke up and killed him. Mm-hmm. I like how they they do that, too, because they don't like... Oh, I see. It's so easy, like, in movies and games to flash back to a scene where it's like, oh, the audience is stupid. We need to show them this thing, like, after we say it. So, mm-hmm. like, they realize what's happening, which I, I always hate that movie. So they're like, hey, in case you forgot, here's this thing. Eh. Like, yeah, I know. I remember the movie. It was only an hour ago. Okay, I just read. <laughs> so they jump off the train as you arrive in... Con- is you're right in Istanbul in yeah. the 19, but 1940s. anyway, real quick, so, I like, hold on, hold on. It's just I like how they do that. Where yeah, they scratch up their face and uh, and you just go like Tyler, and it's just like oh, okay, that's what happened. It's like it's yeah. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, I'm just like, is is this real? Like, am I? Did I fall asleep? And this is some insane mm-hmm. thing. It's like, you know, I'm following along. You know, <laughs> murder mystery, like, murder mystery. Bioshock gives the ass death bird. The weirdest part is like you blow the whistle and it looks you in the eyes and it's like, is this thing sentient? Like, there's a very brief moment where you're like, is this thing like, does this thing, is it like reading my mind or something? And it starts attacking. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's very uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what but, the train car. Yeah. But what Stu was saying is basically it reveals that that's how Tyler died yeah. from, yeah, from the end. It, it's just such a simple line of him going like Tyler. And it's like, oh, OK, yeah, I understand. I fully get it. Thank you, game, for not like yeah. making this a 10 minute instance of flashing back to Tyler and then his face. And then you like investigating his face and going like, get it. Do you get it? I yeah, wouldn't have got it unless the game told me. I just hate when, when <laughs> shit does that. <laughs> like shows oh, no. is one thing because like, OK, I haven't watched episode one for like 10 weeks. I get it. But <laughs> when movies do it, I'm like, yes, I know game okay i forgot that they jumped off the train yeah they anna's like we gotta get the fuck out of here and she jumps out the window and you follow and it is like that that very like comical moment where you're you jump out of the train and then the dog jumps out and she's like man i hate it and it's like oh yeah i forgot about the dog (laughs) (laughs) it's just so it's so funny to me that they're like oh and the dog survived too yeah, and then Tat- Max made it. And, and then Tatiana is the one that took the that takes Alexei's lighter, who is the anarchist, and blows up the guns, which then blows up the train, which kills Kronos uh, or Chrono. Yeah, kills Chrono. she like yeah, she's her <laughs> dad is dead, uh, or not quite dead. Her dad is like her granddad is like um back into one of his like senile like dementia moments where he doesn't understand what's happening, so he's like mentally gone, and she's like mentally broken and she just like stands up while this eagle is tearing them apart and walks back to the car and you just see her pull out the like at first she opens the box and i every time i play the game i forget about what she does and i think she's about to pick up the gun and just start mowing them down <laughs> but then she like yeah picks up some dynamites and lights the match and the whole train car blows up as you <laughs> as you remember that tatiana is still on the train and all I can think about is like this game has the most depressing ending of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes! Like Tatiana I... has killed herself and Kronos. That didn't bother me either. <laughs> and it's like okay, this like poor girl who lost the love of her life is now dead. And I get that it's a metaphor for like the war breaking out and like the lost innocence and all this shit. But it's just like Jesus, like they're dead. And then you're like, well, at least I have you. And she's like, 
I need to go back to Austria to like sort this out. I'll see you after the war. And then the fucking game ends with a screen coming up that says like the Orient. I'll, I'll, you stay in Istanbul. I'll go back to Austria and I'll come back on the Orient Express to meet you. The game ends and a black screen comes up that says the Orient Express closed during World War One and would not run again until 1932. It's like, well, fuck me. <laughs> I guess you they just never saw each other. I, I do like the scene where everybody's yelling and he yells at one of the kids. Hey, what are they saying? He said, war, war is breaking out or war is happening. Yeah. And, yeah. The war is broken out. And just a shiver ran down my as I read that, as I'm hearing that, because I know exactly what they're talking about. You know, it's World War One, and it's such a... I mean, World War One is such a turning point in just how many things, all because of one freaking event. And when he shoots the, the Archduke, and this gigantic war happens, which leads mm. to World War Two, thirty <laughs> years later. That's a whole rabbit hole too, because essentially We're not World going War down II, it, but I could. <laughs> well, I'll just say that World War Two is. I don't know why we separate the two because it's not really World War One and World War Two. It's World War. It's World War, and then we paused for a couple years, and then just. <laughs> the rest of the world war like they're essentially the same war just kind of like ah, we'll take a break 1918 for a world war one ends 1939 world war two begins i mean the same yeah. it's a different party because you have because in world war one the germans were seen as the enemy but they weren't really and it's a whole yeah. well it was just like like we're gonna take like 20 years everyone regroup and then we'll go at it again for a little while mm -hmm. <laughs> that's players and we'll invite and all that <laughs> Let's wait 20 years, uh, Germany, regroup and figure your shit out, and then uh, we'll invite Japan, and we'll, we'll meet back here uh, in 20 years in the middle of France. But, I wonder if we were supposed to get a sequel. I'm, I'm assuming probably not, but... I, I think a sequel... Like, they were kind of hoping... It, it's hard to find some information about this game. The, the devs were like... You can find a lot of interviews where they were, like, really excited about it, and they were talking about just... Uh, there's there's a lot of interviews where they're talking about like how excited they are about the game, how much like how interested they were in learning everything and like showing all these stories. So I imagine that they were hoping uh, like there had to be some hope that, oh, we can do more of these in this style if people really like this. Because um, okay. I mean, the game happen. came out and it reviewed very, very well. Oh, um, yeah, I imagine it would. Yeah, it got like, you know, nines. Like back in those days, back in the late 90s, a lot of the companies that reviewed this were in the star system. So I got like 90s or like four out of five stars, four and a half stars. And I, I imagine that the, the director was just like, yeah, if this does well. This could be like a whole series, a whole like serial style game series where we're just going on these different kind of murder mystery adventures and learning different things. Honestly, but, I could have seen a complete port of this go on the DS or 3DS instantly. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a it's, nice it's little not game. on anything but console and uh, mobile. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. I mean, I think when they re released it on mobile, it was the same kind of problem where he brought it back and he threw it out there just because there is kind of a cult following of this game. Uh, like, I'm definitely in that. And I was super happy when I, I saw that. But I was like, it's not enough to put the game back into the like the public zeitgeist. It's not enough to like get the name out there. Which is also a reason I put it on the show because I was like, I want to get this. Now. I want more people to look into this game and and see it because I mean the the people who made this game are still in the industry. It's like mm. they're they're still making stuff. It'd be cool to see somebody like put the I don't know not like get the band back together, but like make an effort to say like, okay, we're gonna make another Last Express game. I think you could do a really cool game today in this style. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It's but it's like the Amtrak Express. And the Amtrak like, Express. Yeah. It starts off with the jogger getting hit. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. You gotta find out. But the jogger was like carrying the nuclear code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was it's Serbian. So, oh, guys, it's so like, unique. Though, like, how, how many games out there, like, have like a real time non-linear story happening that you're just kind of like this is. There's a lot of mystery games. I've played quite a few of them. There's a lot of like, believe it or not, there's like a CIA, a CIA. There's a CSI game for like every fucking version of that show there is and some. There's yeah. so many CSI games. There's I own like, a bunch of them. They, they're not bad. They're just like, I, like I've played them. They're not, they're not bad. They're just kind of okay. Like you're just kind of like clicking around the room to find clues. They're To me, they're kind of like flash games mm-hmm. for the most part. And like then you have uh, like the Sherlock games, which are like a little bit more advanced, and you have like L.A. Noir, which is like almost the other extreme, where like investigations are a thing. But L.A. Noir, you can kind of just like you can actively fuck up that game and still progress. Like it doesn't really matter how bad of a detective you are. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of curious if we can name how many games kind of like take place in the same setting where everything's real time outside of like Stalker in this game. Because I can't think of many. The only one I can think of is Stalker. Yeah, same here. I I can't think of any other game that does. I guess you could say like Breath of the Wild has a... But then you get into more like that's just characters are set on schedules. But stuff isn't happening without you. Right. Oblivion kind of does it. The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion kind of has that going on, but you That's still need to be the active like participant to get to to start instances. Mm-hmm. Stuff doesn't happen without you being there. It's it's an interesting con- concept, I will say yeah. that. Yeah. And it it yeah. works perfectly with a mystery game. Mhm. Exactly. I tried googling it. I had no luck. So. I, yeah, I think because the only two games are like kind of underground. <laughs> and yeah, two of them have been on this podcast. Cool. Hmm, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, and the other two will be on it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Which I'm kind of okay with. So. <laughs> yeah, All right. I'm, I'm slowly getting Mike to like games. <laughs> uh, you didn't make me like this game. so No, I wasn't expecting everyone to like this game. <laughs> Partly the glitch I, uh, did it. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's, it's a weird experience, but I, I enjoyed the experience of it. Mm. Yeah, I would say it's not for everybody, but it's important to talk about it and get it out there in the hopes that, yeah. I don't know, that will... I think it's important to, like, learn about it from, like, for, like, game designers and future game designers to say, like, oh, this is a really cool system. I can build off this. Or just getting people to see it and be like, oh, like, this is kind of an interesting little game that hasn't really been done again. It'd be cool to see this kind of game come back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are you guys ready to move on to questions, comments, or memories? Did you get any? Yes, I would have gotten more if I would have posted this in the DOS group, but I think it's I didn't only post in two, two groups. So I could have got okay. a couple. I got one, <laughs> one overbloody to comment from I don't even know who this guy is, and I'm an overblood all the time. From Gary Arnett. He said, <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe you found this. My favorite memory of this hidden gem is when I read this post 15 seconds ago and found out it existed. <laughs> Sorry for the bad joke, but I'm tuning in for sure to see what you guys do with this. Keep up the great work. Yeah, I had to read that. I made this episode for you, Gary. <laughs> you and me. Alright, now I have some actual comments about this game. Uh, from I post in the Classic Gamers Guild group. Awesome Facebook group, by the way. And shout out if any of you guys are listening to this. From Nicola D. 
We're not even going to try it. We said, one of the best and most unique adventure games real-time with puzzles that was never done like this before or after. Stu agrees with you. Yeah. I know he does. I am 100% with you. From Tim Kirk, he said, I played this when it came out in PC in the late 90s and have the phone version of the game. I think I liked it as much as I found it annoying. That is to say, <laughs> I didn't dislike it. It was really hard for me to adjust to the real-time playing style of the game from an adventure background. How can I continue m- missing so many things? I was 11 when this game came out. My first play, I made so many not-right choices. took me forever to get through it. 15 years uh, later or so, when I got it, in the phone to play when I in like 15 minute game and the whole memory of frustration came back and made me stop playing, never played it again. But I love the art style and listening to the conversations. A lot of stuff probably went over my 11 year old head playing it. When I did the game is a bit dragged walking through the carts endlessly through the game too. Not it, it is not black and white easy. I mean, you really do have to search. You really do have to pay attention and listen. So he's or not wrong read, yeah. in any way. Got to do a lot of walking. Yep. yep. It's hmm. uh, a lot of knocking too. I was doing a lot of knock, <laughs> yep. knock, knock, knock. I guess Hello, you could say because I, I was about to. Uh, oh, compare sorry, to, uh, wrong room. <laughs> I was about to compare it to Fallout, uh, <laughs> which is our first episode that no one should ever listen to. Um, no one has in a while either, by the way. That's good. That episode is terrible, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think that's a uh, kind of similar to the style, but it's also similar in how you approach it, where you have to kind of. I think if you're playing this game for the first time, you need to kind of expect that. Oh, you're not gonna. You need to know that you're not going to be able to do everything and you're not going to be able to experience everything. And there's a good chance that you're going to fail. You might even need to start over, but it's Which, it's rewarding if you can get past that. Yeah. And I got two more things to read. One quick one and one a little not as long as that one. But from Ann Williams said, I love this game. You must think like Stu then. <laughs> and from Sean McCauley said, I think the hardest part of this game is navigating around. The puzzles make complete sense. So you need to think as if you were there rather than trying to backwards engineer it as a gamer. What the solution is likely to be in terms of an adventure game. You know, I thought both of those are good points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This game. I have found my people. <laughs> yeah. If you're not in that group. You should join it. I'm in that group. Yeah. The, the, the movement okay. just really should have been on um, like the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if, like, so if they made one today, it would be keyboard control. Mm-hmm. And, I for, if, and if, if we, they made one today, it'd be like, oh God, I, I just imagine they're, like there's such a good like indie game material in this. Okay, one of those indie games that comes out and it's just like like Firewatch, where it comes out, and just everyone's talking about it for like a month. Okay, the right. potential. I, mean, I can see that happening. Yeah, I'm just so glad. I found my people, me and Gary and Nicola. We're gonna take over the world. <laughs> We're going to take over the world one hipster mm. coffee shop at a time. <laughs> okay, other thing I do want to say, because I can't remember if we mentioned this, this game is all in first person yes. as you explore and do things. I don't know if well, we said that. it's in first person, but I mean, they... It goes in third person to show things, but when you navigate. Yeah, when you navigate, it's all first person. Mm-hmm. It's just like Mist. Yep. Oh, God, Mist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more fluid. kind of want to play Mist. But it won't matter. I'll just read the entire time what to do. So won't, I, I will be missing the point of the game, I think. <laughs> I almost put it on my list with Last Express because that would be really funny to play you two know, point click adventures. Surprise. But uh, I, I held off on it. it might, it's Thank probably going to go on my list next next uh, season. You know, you picked oh. the weirdest games. Out of all the stuff we play on this show, and we played some weird shit. Somehow your <laughs> yeah. name's attached to most of them. I, I think Stefan's beat me in like, the weirdest game we've played, I want to say. What's that? Uh, which one? I cannot remember the fucking name of it now. The 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 like anime. Ghost oh, game. Fear Effect. Yeah, Fear Effect might be the weirdest we've done. Oh, Fear Effect one. 
Both of you have picked some of the worst games I've ever played in my life. You made us play Parasite Eve. <laughs> and you loved it. <laughs> I did, but that should show you how weird that game is. And we're but doing City of Two coming up. To be fair, a lot of the, some of the games I didn't pick or I did pick, I didn't know they were gonna be bad. I had no idea. <laughs> That's why I picked them. <laughs> yeah, definitely... I'll let go with Fear Effect. I, <laughs> I like Fear Effect. I put it on my shelf. Fear Effect is, a, is an interesting game. Yeah, I played the sequel. I bought the sequel and played it on a uh, Switch. It's not good. <laughs> I almost bought it for two dollars, but you talked me out of it. It's so not good. Don't do oh, it. God, it's not even worth two dollars. Penumbra Overture also. I forgot that was fucking terrible too. Yeah, and look forward to playing more Penumbra games in the future. <laughs> no. And no, oh, I, don't I wanna... forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention this on the Overblood episode. I I, I should talk about this because I. On the Everblood episode, I mentioned how I had a list. My friend sent me a list a long time ago of like must play horror games. And I was like, oh, I should try to find that list again. Fucking was it Friday? <laughs> like we were talking in the fucking chat and I was like, holy fucking shit. You'll never believe it. I, I was going through these old flash drives in my desk and I plugged one in and I was like, what is I, I found a list that was literally called playgamestew.txt. <laughs> <laughs> I opened up and it was the fucking list my friend sent me and like fear like uh Parasite Eve was on there, Fear Effect was on there. Oh wow. Overblood was on there. So, like a bunch of games we've already played and a bunch more games that I had not considered that are all very strange horror games. So look forward to this list. Was <laughs> younger Stu looking at that list like fuck this. I probably hadn't <laughs> looked at that list since I was like 15. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, oh, Mike is mm. fucked. All the Penumbra games are on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Helene and Adam will come back when we do another Penumbra. I'm a hunter, yeah. Mm. <laughs> There's a bunch of like, uh, like player-made mods for Amnesia that are actually really, really good that were on there. I was like, ooh, that's like a whole series. <laughs> I'm going to be... I'm going to be honest, though, before we continue. When I listened to the Penumbra episode and I finished it, I was like, what what were they talking about? What the fuck was that game? I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, that was me trying to explain the weirdness of that game to everybody. <laughs> and they're spiders, but they're not really spiders, but they're spiders. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. I think we should move on to Shelf or Box. Okay. All right. And Stu, why don't you go first? Sure. <laughs> we'll start positive. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll be the only positive one here, but yeah, this is absolutely going on my shelf i mean first of all there's there's not really a box for this game anymore but i remember loving the box art it's very it, the box art looks like something from stalker where it's like the big close-up of the train uh busting through like the railings and it's kind of it's kind of like an old art deco look to it i mean the whole game is like art deco and it's it's look they recreate the orient express train car and it just it it looks so strong and the character models have that like fluidity to them that the game just has a look that's completely unique. Nothing else resembles this game. Like the sound is great. The murder mystery is so cool. There's so much going on. And the fact that it's a real time world uh, to echo the the listener comment, um, whoever said that, so I can't remember the name. That's okay. I can't either. And I read it. So Um, don't feel bad. We love our audience, but we can't remember you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just to echo that, like, yeah, nothing before this came close to what this game was doing. And so few games 
after it mimic that style of a, of a real world where things are happening and you just are you are just thrown into the middle of it. I really love like everything about how this game was made and and what they were trying to do and what they accomplished and it sucks so badly that it they just got screwed. They just, it was just it came out at the wrong time. They made some bad deals and it fell through and I don't think that's a reason for this game to die or this style of game to die. So it's going on my shelf and I'm going to continue telling everybody I meet about it. Hey, and you should I, tell people about the podcast too, about this episode. I should. I'm going to tell everybody about the podcast this episode about The Last <laughs> Express. And if you're listening to this episode and you're interested in playing the game, check it out and fucking tell people on about Android. it. It's on Android. It's on Android. Don't play it, Steam. Just get the Android version of the iOS version. They run fine. They're great. It's fucking crazy tell everybody about this game make it come back i want to bring this game back to the public because also when i was looking up things about my glitch people said play the gog version don't play the steam version i'm like well a little too late for that now yep (laughs) so all right stefan how about you (laughs) uh i'm going to go ahead and lend my energy to Stu's spirit bomb because (laughs) i i actually hold on (laughs) please put your hands up Stu. uh above my head i'm keeping it up the whole time you can just say it i mean there's no video there's just not a video podcast no it's all about the belief mike i have faith i've got to keep my hands up ah no um (laughs) the deer is high stefan (laughs) i am going to put this on my shelf i was literally literally enthralled by this game from the first couple minutes playing it i absolutely was into it i was like okay murder or mystery on a train this is weird i love it and uh the only problem with that is that i did also play the steam version (laughs) so my game did cut out at uh two different parts because i played it one time and it stopped working at the concert and then the second time it stopped working i guess some moment with anna i'm gonna say when they get it on but it was like later (laughs) i had thought of but Yes, don't play the Steam version. That is 100% correct. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I, I'm just going to echo everything Stu said. I love the art style. I love all of the characters, every single one of them, especially the English guy who basically <laughs> uncovers your identity and deduces that you're not who you are without even saying anything. Really, <laughs> in like five minutes of meeting you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, really uh, not who you say you are. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, the writing was superb. Like every character felt who they were. Um, they never felt out of place, except for maybe uh, what's his name, Milos. Yeah, but yeah. The fact that he's out of place is kind of like his character. It it makes sense, but at first, because I my game glitched, it didn't make sense. So I was like, why is it <laughs> super bipolar back in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds? But yeah, I love this game. I love everything about it. I'm putting it on my shelf. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect that. How about you, Emmett? Yeah, no, I'd definitely say this is a shelf game for uh, for just oh, the history of it, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it looks nice. It sounds nice. It's so bizarrely designed. Like this is a game that if it had gotten its sequels could have really improved upon all the uh all the really insane shit it was trying. But no, it it got good shit like first time out. Like no one had ever tried anything like this pretty much ever with the real time stuff as far as I've ever known. As far as apparently anyone on this podcast has ever heard of. Like before this, I don't know, was Stalker before this? Stalker was after this. 
Okay. And those games kind of like struggled out of the gate too. <laughs> mm. I don't really know much about Stalker. Um, well, if you want to listen to a two hour and two and a half hour podcast, <laughs> I know where to find one. That was our first yeah, longest I'll, episode. I'll probably, I'll probably check that episode out. No, this uh, <laughs> it was a good game. Frustrating okay. game. Game I struggled with, but a good game. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'll go last. Hey, we'll save Mike the most the good guys and wants Frieza to win. So. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Come on. <laughs> uh, so I was debating at one point about what to do because at first i didn't like it then i was starting to turn i'm like you know what i'm kind of having fun this ain't this isn't as bad as fallout it's more fun than stalker i you know i'm you know i'm able to finish it unlike beautiful joe these are all Stu's picks i'm cutting on right now and then my game <laughs> hey, glitch, beautiful joe like, is sam's pick okay <laughs> sam's not part of this podcast well i'm throwing him under the bus for beautiful joe <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to having sam back on it's been a long time <laughs> So, but it just mentioned this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It got you know, it got my attention. I was starting to get into it, but it really isn't my game. Like I spent so much time wandering around, looking at the guy, not really into the game as much. So it's gonna go in the box. And when I got that glitch, that cemented the box for me because I was just like, really? I got this kind of glitch. It just killed my game. I couldn't do anything, and I. I kind of regret not just buying the Android version when Stu had first mentioned it, because I'm like, five bucks, I would have played it, I would have easily beat it sitting around on the toilet or something, I would have gotten through it. And I've been happier. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not my game. It's a good game. I still say if you like adventure games, you never played this, get it on GOG at some point, try it on your phone for $5, you'll probably enjoy it, or hell, there's probably ways you can download your phone for free. I'm not going to tell you how, but you can find out if you want it, if you really care. So it, it's worth playing. I mean, I'm putting the box. I'm never going to play it again. I <laughs> It's not for me. But at least now I know the history of why you picked this game. And that's kind of cool. Because I was like, why the hell are you picking some weird <laughs> adventure game from 97? Just like we had Space Quest Five on this show. But that wasn't you. But I was just like, what? I still this, don't know why. This really is, is the oddball out. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I say, like, weird and different for different sake isn't, like, it doesn't necessarily mean good, but... In my mind, if you're doing something unique and you've got something unique to to like really push and you like really like care about it, then that usually means whatever you make is going to be great. I agree. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, at, uh, look at Thor Ragnarok. They're like, ah, fuck you. We're going to do something different. And it's like the best story of those movies. Oh, can I put my and... hands down now? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, Stefan, do you want to introduce We're playing your pick next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're playing that game that I'm looking up. You right remember? Now. Yeah, <laughs> I we are, remember. <laughs> we are playing American McGee's Alice. It is basically Alice in Wonderland sequel. Mm. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't know how I feel. I did get it to run on my PC, though. Everyone well, here is looking forward to it, including Mike. <laughs> I am and I'm, I am and I'm not because I've always I've been meaning to play that game for literally over a decade. I've had the F three sixty version, or I had it on the three the on the sequel. I had it the three sixty version to play. I had the PS three version to play, and I've been so I'm kind of happy. I'm just I, this week <laughs> is going to be crazy. So I'm like, eh. it's a long game. So yeah. uh, six I hours. Is what the internet has said I haven't well, started it yet, but I am looking forward to it because it looks very interesting. Also, a game I haven't played. It's very. It's like this. It's old old PC type. Ooh. Esque level design, but <laughs> when did it'll I turn be into old PC guy? <laughs> yeah. and you cannot buy it anywhere online on Steam Origin. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. 
There are other ways to get it, which Google can help you if you're curious, but you cannot buy it legally. So since they will not sell it to you, Google. Well, I think um, say. yes. I think there is a version on PS3, like on the PS4, yes. or on like PS3, digital collector's edition, or the sequel comes with the first yeah. one or something like that. Um, just the regular version does. If you have the regular version, you can play. If you have the sequel, you can play the reg- the old game. You just automatically oh. now. It's free to download. It's free DLC. Mm-hmm. Okay. But other than that, there's no legal way to play it on PC these days. That's weird because it's published by EA. And yeah, but they won't about... they won't re-release it for some reason. They did at one point. It used to be available on Origin, and they just took it off. Even if you and it will even say oh, I think here. if you buy the sequel, which you can, that it was supposed to be part of it, they just delisted it. It's no longer uh, there. Anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's because they probably had a falling out with American McGee. I'm I'm just gonna <laughs> say that's probably what happened. <laughs> <laughs> It's something. This is the I mean, same thing I say about everything, though. Like, if you're a company and you want to stop pirating, make the thing easier to buy. The easier you mm-hmm. make something to buy, the more willing people are to buy it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, look I have fucking... bought the game what three, two mm-hmm. or three times. So I don't feel guilty playing my version because I want to play on PC. Because I already own, I own multiple copies of it. I just don't want to play. I want to play on like, my computer. I just like, my new thing. Anime. Yeah. Look at like what's happened with anime in the last ten years, where if you like it used to be if you were want to watch any fucking anime you had to pirate it you had no other like choice mm-hmm. and since yeah, like Crunchyroll and Funimation and Verve and everybody came out and they're like I mean Hulu is big on getting animation now same with Netflix since so they like made everything way easier to to like put out on streaming across the world aside from Studio Ghibli which just fucking doesn't want to release anything for some reason but um. <laughs> But yeah, if you, if you make something easy to get, if you make something purchasable and throw it out there, people are gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll Fair. still have like the the holdouts of like a couple of people being like, eh, no, I'll pirate it because blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, just make it easy to buy and people will buy it. There's yeah. literally no excuse why, especially old games, can't be ported onto new consoles. And I know yeah. Nintendo's a big, they're big sissies about that for some reason. They don't want to put their old games on new consoles. I don't get it. They don't like money. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just money <laughs> every now and then Nintendo comes out with something and you're like oh sweet like are they actually going to start porting a bunch of old stuff and it's like oh no they're only going to do like 20 games that they mm-hmm. consider classics yep. I, don't get me wrong I love this NES classic pack on the fucking switch but uh, throw more shit on there Nintendo please for the love of god you're yeah, sitting on a gold mine uh, like Wind Waker to come to switch <laughs> It really should. I mean, we just got Tokyo Mirage session. The rumors were getting Super Mario 3D Worlds coming to Switch soon. So, uh, one beautiful, whatever the hell, wonderful 101 is coming out in different systems. So it's only a matter of time before they re-release every freaking every every Wii U game. <laughs> I'm gonna make a prediction right now that by the time of what we're on Windows 10 now, by the time of Windows 12. This is going to be a very, very big issue that people are talking about because even with Windows 10, there are games on PC that are becoming completely like unplayable because they just will not operate on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Even some like newer games can't operate on Windows 10. This is going to become a bigger and bigger issue. And I'm curious to see how, who and how the situation will be resolved or if it will be resolved. Yeah, like I could see, I could see Microsoft coming out with like, oh, we've made like a compatible, like a special compatibility mode specific for older games, and we're gonna sell that for like 
three dollars. <laughs> I'd be or like or we're like we'll we'll just include it with like Windows 12 and we'll bump the price of Windows 12 up a little bit. I could see them doing that. I could see like other companies being like we're gonna because uh, all, all other companies could do is essentially remaster their games. They can't really port it to a new Windows. Not affect like if they're gonna do that, they might as well remaster because they'd have to build the game back up. So I, I predict that this will become a bigger issue in the coming years. Mm, yeah, okay. that's interesting. I will look forward to see. Hopefully, we'll still be doing this. <laughs> I hope. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's not a problem, but I I I can see it happening. Oh, two things I want to mention before we wrap up. First, um, for anyone listening to the episode, we will have the labyrinth episode will be being published a few days after this gets published. So you can look forward to that. We almost did almost three hours of me, Stu, Helena, and and Tiff talking about labyrinths. Yeah, it's a dark episode, episode and we go some places. So please <laughs> listen to it. The perfect encapsulation of me and Mike. That was a fun episode. That was a dark episode. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, that, I, I have a disclaimer in the beginning of the episode. There's a disclaimer yeah, when you first turn on that episode. Yeah. yeah, we go all about what the hell they were trying to say in that movie. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Also, I'm, I'm very curious about that now. It's yeah, it'll, it'll be up Friday. <laughs> All right, Friday night. We go into a lot. Yeah, and also I did first. This you won't see this for a little time still, but we did. I did record my first episode of the MCU breakdown. We started with Iron Man. That's going to be published in late March. But something to look forward to. I'm going to be going through the. I'm finally put together and going to go through the MCU chronic published chronically release date. However the hell you say it. (laughs) So something else to look forward to. And then the two guys that joined me, because to give these guys a break, I had Bill Tucker, who was a guest on two of our episodes, Fear Effect and Friday the 13th. We must hate him. We put him on two terrible games. And Michael Hughes, who was on Alien Infestation and Operation Raccoon City. We only semi-hate him. We put him on one good game and one shitty game. <laughs> no relation but... to Michael Hughes. <laughs> no, that's what's also funny. But yeah, he's on there. So stay tuned for those. They Those are be coming out. And also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm constantly posting images of whatever upcoming game is. This game was really fucking hard to post pictures of. I posted very few. I was just, I, you got uh, some good ones, though. I tried. It's hard. There's not a lot of screenshots online that you can pull off. It's No, not that makes sense. I haven't played the game. I'm really happy we were able to do this one. I, I always like getting the name of this game out there. I'm glad that now that I know it means so much more to you, I'm glad that we did it because we did something that was you know a childhood game to you. So I'm glad that it was on the show. I had to do a lot of research because I was like, no one's going to know fucking shit no, about this. I'm going to have to really go into the background of this game. Oh, also, before I forget, want to give an awesome shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bulby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from his EP, Bite the Bullet. Song is the Cool Kid Squad. And there will be a link in the show notes. I think that's all I need to say. All right. We did the last game. Oh, wait, did you want to... Uh, <laughs> Emmett, did you want to plug your YouTube channel? <laughs> Uh, yeah, if someone wants to see just nonsense, uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Indigo Grim. It's just me playing Grand Theft Auto, and I just edit clips together of just... Yeah, like, uh, there was not a word for it. It's just nonsense. It's <laughs> okay. like little little edits and clips. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know we're forgetting something, but I, I'm still, I still think we're forgetting something else, and it, I, I'm going to realize it 10 minutes after I shut off Skype. 
Yep, and I will not be adding it back into the episode. Because that happened, like, when I... The Metal Gear episode last week... Oh, I did forget something. To the guy that sent me the email, uh, Adam, you, I was going to read it. You had a question about Metal Gear, and I forgot to... I forgot again to look at my email. Then when I went <laughs> to go look at it before the show, I'm like, where the hell is that password? Where's the login information? I forgot where I put that. So I will be reading your email soon. <laughs> and I will... Cause, so anyone who sent us emails... We will read them, and we might, you know, hey, we'll have a, if we get enough emails, have a random episode talking about emails. <laughs> so, yeah, all I just right. Like <laughs> okay. He's a uh, he's one of the guy, one of our followers, listeners, I should say. And I was talking to him on Facebook. Oh, anyone to message message the group on Facebook or Instagram? It's out. It's me. I run all the pages. So and you're talking yeah. to me. Which is why I refer to the games my mom found Facebook page as Mike. (laughs) If anyone's confused by that. (laughs) Instagram is Mike. Twitter, it's Mike. (laughs) Everyone else is like, oh, cool. Like, love games my mom found. I'm like, hey, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Typo. I usually never call you out on that stuff. If I see one, I'm like, yeah, it's just all typo. I don't don't care. But (laughs) Oriental Express, I thought was really funny and worth mentioning. That was funny. I mean, I, I sometimes I feel like a traveling salesman running around a different Facebook group going, have you heard? Have you heard of Game Mom I'm found? Have you heard? That's what I feel like. Did you get the app yet? That, like, you can just do all that at once? Not yet. I think you got to pay for that. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. I think. I've looked at some of the stuff that will let me post things ahead of time. Oh, another quick shot I want to give. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. But one of the overblood, he's actually approached me. He start, he's thinking about starting his own podcast soon. That's cool. And I thought that was cool. So anyone ever has questions, please mm-hmm. feel free to contact me I'll, I'll help you i'll you know especially if you know me from one of the facebook groups i'll answer any question about podcasting there we go all we had to do was talk for 10 minutes for for one of us to remember something that we were supposed to do yeah it's funny how this works all right you know i i kind of miss we haven't had a bullshit ending in a little bit because i've always been in a rush because these last few weeks have just been too much for me but it's coming to a close oh also we should give a shout out or not a shout out but our next comic episode coming up here this is the longest ending to the show we've ever yeah, had. Oh Daredevil, my God. Daredevil Born Again coming up here in a, in a little while. That'd be one thing to look forward to for you guys, too. <laughs> it's supposed to be a surprise, Mike. What happened? Oh, now you have to cut We this. already recorded it. Time code 22029. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not deleting it. Should we all exit the uh, episode making uh, train chugging noises? Let's just leave our mics on and everyone walk away from the computers. <laughs> <laughs> and we just keep talking while we're walking away. You can just as if you're just disappearing down the train. Yeah, all four of us take phone calls at this point, <laughs> separate <laughs> separately from each other. All right, we'll see everybody later. See you next week on the Oriental Express. Bye. <laughs> I did that wrong on purpose. Bye, everybody. I'll whistle.